Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, if you enjoy a determiner. It's November, and this week uh, I got uh, wrestling dorks on, so very exciting. So let's do the credits. Uh, Patrick Brady, going to fix this audio. Mike Rickberg sang and composed the opening song with Sarah Cohen. He's going to sing the Mexican hat dance at the end. And Vilmos fixes the websites. We don't have a sponsor this month, so it's blessedly short. But here's a scoop. If you want to sponsor The Dork Forest, if you think that uh, my listeners uh, might like to buy something that you sell and that I would like the thing that you do, email me at Jackie at com, and we'll talk it out. We'll talk it out. Safe space. All dorkdoms welcome. You're doing vital work out there, people. Let's get right into it. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm back in my living room with a couple of wrestling dorks. Uh, there's been a lot of talk recently. Please talk about wrestling. And so I have at least three shows set up to talk about wrestling. People are very wow. excited about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that wow came from Andy Peters, hmm. uh, host of Wandertown podcast, where he wanders around places and interviews people. Turns out I've been on it. Uh, Andy Peters, stand-up comedy. Uh, at Andy Peters on, on the Twitter? At Andy underscore Peters. I had to, I had to, you had to add an underscore. I had to separate. That'll happen. Underscore. Yeah. And strong arming his way onto the, into the wrestling talk. He was like, please, can <laughs> yeah. I, please, can I, please, can I be on the That's wrestling show? That's not a show? lie. I did send that email. And, uh, it's, uh, Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy. Mike Schmidt, welcome to the program, sir. High five. I just high fived you. That was I bizarre. Know. This is, it's, pod a, it's, five. it's the, it's a pod five. Uh, so 40 year old boy, what's, uh, what's your, uh, Twitter handle? Uh, at the 40 year old boy. The? Yeah. Twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. Rock yep. on. And it's the number four zero. Four zero. Yep. Exactly. Uh, gentlemen, let us speak mm. of the thing that is, uh, the, the high flyers, the jumping Jim Brunzel. Uh, wow. Leading right away she with her knowledge. Jumping Jim Brunzel. Uh, Not what I thought you were going to lead with. Uh, actually, exactly what I thought she was going to lead with. Seems strange, probably, but I knew that she was coming with a Brunzel. I got Greg Ganya. I got jumping Jim Brunzel. I used to live by the crusher. He, he's from wow. my town. No. That's yeah, yeah. perfect. He would sit on his lawn and wave as people went by. Yeah. The Crusher from the WCCW. Is that uh, No, the Crusher world? from AWA. AWA. Yes, sorry. AW, this isn't going to be a wrestling match. This is going to be a war. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's all I remember. <laughs> My grandmother insisted it was real. Uh, we're talking 1970s. Uh, that's where I, that's where I leave the wrestling world. The 70s. The 70s? Mm-hmm. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll guide you into the, the 80s and 90s. Can you go 21st century? Anybody? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm familiar with what's going on I keep now, up. but oh, I, I keep up. Why don't you guys talk to each other about what, what you both know about <laughs> wrestling, and I'll chime in. Okay. All right. Well, what are we talking? We got to narrow our focus into what area. Well, really quick, I, three shows on wrestling. Yeah. Honestly, that seems ridiculous. No, are you having seems... actual wrestlers involved? I mean, no, no. Uh, there's somebody who has a wrestling podcast who really wants to be. I on. thought that was you, dude. Matt McCarthy. I had one. I'm yeah. on. I'm currently a correspondent on one where I'll chime in. <laughs> I created this a correspondent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A tie man on. on man on the street. <laughs> well, Baltimore. Baltimore is a huge like wrestling city, mm-hmm. and they have a podcast called the Rough House Podcast. Which Justin Schlegel, who used to live here, is a comic over there who runs it. It's a wrestling podcast, very popular through a radio station there. I don't know which one, but I I call in and do little snippets. You can call in from yeah. from sure. here. 
I call so in seriously from Los Angeles. Yeah, wow. I'm a correspondent, and I'll check in and talk about like new wrestlers to look out for that are coming up in the ranks in WWE. Their development territory is called NXT. Yes, it is. I'll talk about like <laughs> who's killing it in next. NXT. Mm-hmm. Next, who's next? Uh, who do you like right now? Who's coming up? Mike, in your world. I don't, no, I'm out. I, I, I can go 80s, 90s, and okay. I can talk about okay. what's happening in the big leagues now, but as far as talking developmental, they lost me. They lost me the day Stephanie McMahon bought ECW, and I was like, yeah. I'm done. That's it. I'm, I'm finished. I can't watch it anymore. A lot anymore. of people walked on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure they did. Of course they know. did. I don't know if they did. Uh, I, no, I, I, I loved it as a kid growing up. 70s, 80s, 90s. I, I watched it all the way through the 90s until, like I said, when he, the ECW invasion, I was waiting for that to happen. I was so excited. Uh, there is, I honestly, I'm almost embarrassed. I, I think I would have been 38. No, I was like 30 seven and there was a uh the day all of the ecw guys turned uh and and paul Heyman came into the ring to announce the ecw yep. invasion and WWE. The, the invasion i fucking screamed like a lady i mean it was ridiculous i called a friend at work at work i called him like dude you're not gonna believe this to gab about raw uh and Wait, then shortly thereafter monday night raw that's the show that happens on mondays right well, what was the invasion okay <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to talk about. We, we really got okay. Now we got a focal point. The EC, ECW was Extreme Championship Wrestling. Let, let's go way back. Okay. You, so when you were in this, you knew the AWA, you knew the High Flyers, you knew the Minnesota guys because sure. you're from Minneapolis. The Claw, uh, exactly. I'm Baron Mini- Von Rashke, no, yeah. Milwaukee. Baron right. Von Rashke, the Claw. Uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. I apologize. No uh, and so there, there were all these different factions back then. It was the AWA, the WWF, mm-hmm. and uh, there was Mid South. There was territories. Florida. All these Georgia Championship regional. Wrestling. Exactly. Yeah, it was regional split into territories all around the country. And then okay. Vince McMahon uh, Senior died, and then uh, Vince McMahon Junior took over mm-hmm. WWF and went, "Fuck this! I'm buying everything, and I'm going global." And so he decided to take on all of the regional territories and steal all of their best wrestlers yeah. paying money and, and going with a larger cable deal because, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling was always on TBS. And then, so then WWF was always on WR out of, out of New York. Mm-hmm. But then they got the deal with USA and then they started to just buy everybody up. Now, if, if I'm wrong, jump in here and tell me. No, this is, this is your area of expertise. I'll come okay. in when, uh, when, when Doink the Clown hits the scene. Oh, all right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so let's look forward to that. You know, when we were kids, it was like because I would get the wrestling magazines and I would read about guys that I didn't even I had no idea who they were because it was before cable and before the internet, uh, not before cable but before the internet. But I'd read about the sheep herders fighting in Texas and I didn't oh, know who yeah. the fuck they were and and I I loved it. I so I mean, that that was the interesting thing to me was all these different guys were fighting all over the country you and the world. You received a wrestling magazine that would tell you about the different regional disputes. Pro Wrestling oh, Illustrated, Pro Wrestling Magazine, The Wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- there was five different ones and it was all and they had fake articles written by fake dudes who were just making feuds up right. and, and, and hastening everything. It was all, the whole thing was a work. The whole thing is yeah. built on, and I never know how to pronounce this word, kayfabe. Kayfabe, right? I think. Or okay. K- how do you spell K-fab. it? Kayfabe. K-A-Y-F-A-B. It's E. e. There's an E at the end. That's There's what always e throws me. Uh, and it's basically you'd what... you go long A. If you were, uh, <laughs> of course you would. Fat. Look, right, if you're fine. an erudite wrestler, of course you would. Wrestling fans right now are screaming in, at their computers. <laughs> yeah. Kayfabe. Pinky in the air. Yeah. So it was basically what carnival guys do. It's like, it's a work. You know, the whole thing is a work. So they try to... They, it, within the bi- context of the business, they keep it uh, in kayfabe, so they don't. They never betray it. That's why. That's why Dr. D. David Schultz slapped the shit out of John Stossel in 2020, because McMahon told him keep kayfabe with this guy. And so Stossel was like, "I think it's fake." And what so does kayfabe mean? Staying in character. Baby. Staying in character. Okay. Do not betray that this is fake at all. Okay. And that it was hardcore yeah. to the 70s. Always, the 80s. always, always portray it as reality. Like oh, it's, like, it's like anonymity and yeah. Alcoholics Anonymous. Exactly. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. But we're all friends right. of Hulk H. <laughs> Um, 
So, I mean, it just, I it was it. a thing. Good. I'm glad. So they, they, uh, well, he's also, he was an AWA guy. I'm sure you got that from back then. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the, it was that sort of thing where it was really this hardcore thing. Uh, you know, it was wrestling was real. And that's part of the way your grandmother got sucked in because they never betrayed that it wasn't. Okay. Even when guys like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who is fighting the Iron Sheik for the, for the good of America, mm-hmm. then gets arrested in a car with the Iron Sheik and drugs. Uh, he, they betrayed, they were just like, oh, well, it was a thing where they had to travel together, but they were in the front seat and the back seat. Like, they even tried to spin that. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Cause they were genuinely in trouble with the law. They got pulled yeah. over and then they had marijuana well, well, and drugs in the yeah. car. Bill Watts of Mid South, who ran Mid South, I just watched a documentary where he wouldn't let his villains, his heels and his baby faces, which are the good guys and bad guys, ride in the same caravan together. <laughs> he had two separate caravans going to each city. And in those days and territories, it's a nonstop road trip, basically. You'd be traveling from city to city within wow. your territory and wrestling the same guys. Yoder. But he even kept it like... He, exactly. We'll yeah. get to that. I want to talk about that. Yeah, it's like the that. triple run. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was like triple runs of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but he would make sure that you checked in in the hotel separately, even eating at restaurants. They would. He would like reserve tables across the restaurant from each other, so separate So they had to pretend that they didn't like each other yes. even out of the room. In public, they kept the... Uh, they kept uh, up What was called tape. the promos. They would do the promos of Did any uh, of these guys happening. date each other and then all of a sudden oh, they're yeah, like, well, like I, I, I want there to be a love match between a heel and you a baby. Two face. wrestlers to have been dating each other. Yeah, yeah. And then wind up but in a feud with one another. Well, and then and you then, need to buy a wrestling organization. Yeah, you need. Because to- <laughs> I like this idea. I absolutely am on board with this idea. You need to run an independent circuit wrestling promotion where they're all dating each other, right? And all the feuds involve like love matches and lovers quarrels. <laughs> well, I, I like the idea that they're actually close friends, but they can't see each other in public. Yeah. Right. They, right. They, they they couldn't even work out in the same gyms. They they kept them as far apart from one another. And also, if they were ever to be in a place with one another, they were to stink eye it and just fucking stare yeah. at the other guy. Yeah, it was the whole. They had to play so the whole role. This is when this is the time in America when everyone said when everyone was saying professional wrestling is real. Okay. The, this was before it got before the became char- it became very clear that it was not. Yeah, real. before it became character driven and a little goofy and a little silly. And let's talk, let's get to this really quick. I am we're jumping all over and there's a yeah. lot to cover, but. Professional wrestling, even though it is not real, even though it is a circus of violence, uh, a circus if, of violence. If you were to get in the ring with one of those guys, mm-hmm. you would get fucking ruined. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They are incredible athletes. The mm-hmm. things that they do are so difficult to, and so hard to do, and that's why half of them are eating somas like fucking popcorn every night is because they're in pain from driving, yeah. from fighting, and from jumping off. Especially of ropes. now, because exactly. if you watch if you watch matches from the seventies, like the most drastic thing that would happen is a leg drop, like that was considered extreme at one time. Now you watch it and they are doing like they're jumping off fifteen foot ladders. Yeah, one another, putting each other through tables off of ladders through yeah. a bunch of tables that are on fire and off of a balcony doing wow. thirteen somersaults into a guy. So the the, the extremeness and uh, along with that the pain level I'm sure has increased uh, right because <laughs> the style of wrestling was different country to country. You know, there was in America, they had, they put a lot more on the pageantry of it with the, you know, you'd have your gorgeous Georges and people like that. So they, a lot of personality driven, but in Japan, they would have shoot fighting and wrestling that would almost combine in, uh, in Pan, then, you know, Pan Crace was there and whatever. It's a long story. But, but in Japan, it was more about hardcore athleticism. Man, we're in, uh, in Japan. Yeah, well, this is abroad. We're casting a wide Well, cause I, I don't know. Cast, you don't know how much time you have. You gotta bring everything up. I can't wait to sure. come back for two more episodes. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna be at all these episodes. We could have done a 70s, 80s night. We could have done all of that. Right, you right. shouldn't have um, let us in on these other episodes <laughs> that are happening. And once they started to bring over the hybrid Japan, uh, style and things mm-hmm. like, and, and by the way, also hardcore wrestling fans, they, again, they're 
they're all yelling because they they I'm probably bastardizing all of their opinions and things like that. But but over there it was it was broad. Think broad, fans. I've, I've had Come two on. guys on who who were in incredibly strange wrestling in San Francisco. Oh, okay. I've had two guys. I had Greg Franklin who did the animation on my oh, okay. cartoon on my website, mm-hmm. and I had Bob Calhoun who wrote a thing called Beer, Blood, and Cornmeal. And uh, a book about wrestling, which is a great book. Nice. And he also wrote a book about uh, – for a year he was unemployed and went to every convention in San Francisco, no matter what kind of convention. It's called oh, Shattering Conventions. No way. Yeah. So he went to like the Republican convention, but it's he also went to the guy. conspiracy convention, which by the way is held very privately. Anyway, <laughs> so – but he – but they both wrestled and um, and Greg Franklin – yeah, so um whatever. But so I know yeah. a little bit about wrestling. Well, I almost went to wrestling not... school when I was a kid. Oh really? I almost went to Larry Sharp's Monster Factory. <laughs> wow. Larry Sharp's I know exactly Pretty what you're Boy Larry about. Sharp's Monster Factory. Larry in Sharp New was uh kind of a famous what's known as a jobber, which is like a journeyman or workman of wrestling. Don't never got to the levels of having like a cool Undertaker esque gimmick or character right. that they portray. Sure. And in wrestling Just as in guy, life yeah. those who can't do teach. Right. Ah uh, yes. So he opened up Pretty Boy Larry Sharp's Monster Factory in New Jersey. And, I uh, almost went to. Uh, do you remember this? When there was a miniature Goldberg named Gilbert. Yes, he runs a school. And uh, well, tell her what that is. A miniature Goldberg named Gilbert. Goldberg. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> What's we'll, happening? I'll just tell you Not, this feud really quick. I'll just run down the feud. And WCW. This was like ninety nine. There's a guy who came in named Bill Goldberg who just basically decimated everybody, and he was billed as like the undefeated guy. He was written to decimate everybody. He didn't come in yeah. when he was like super tough. They were like, let's make this big, giant, bald, muscle guy an unbeatable monster. Okay. Yeah, he had like three moves, and that's a thing that kind of happens now that drives me crazy. Is they take bodybuilders, teach them three moves, and build them as the uh, an unstoppable object, but anyway, when someone could go behind him and pull their ponytail. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So when you could just when you could just out trick them, right? When a, when a good wrestler could out trick them and get them, <laughs> and it drives me crazy, and I can see right through it. Okay, so like Goldberg. John Cena, like John Cena today. Don't even get me started. He's a bodybuilder that has the three moves, six moves. Goldberg, built. focus. Goldberg, uh, <laughs> he was something like sixty three and zero, ran through everybody, and then it, he came to. But a he fella. wasn't really sixty three. I mean, he he was, but he wasn't. I mean, again, they told they him. Added to do that. his record. They build him as right. this, like, no one can beat he him. He was written to okay. be that person. And then along came Chris Jericho, one of my favorites of all time. Chris Jericho, who at the time was in WCW, had the lion tamer, did the lion salt. He came from Japan, learned from Japan. So like you learned said, Canada, he was one of these you know, also a huge Canadian guy who went Canada. to Japan who learned the shoot style, and he did that kind of stuff. He did, like, he was the first to kind of bring, like, flipping. Is there a shoot involved in the shoot style? Yes. Um, this is is there what do you mean? is there a slide that you slide into no, the ring? Shoot meaning, no, no, shoot meaning real, like they you really hit a person. Like if oh. you, you and I were booked for a fake wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- they did this a lot in the old days. If a guy was acting up in a territory, they would bring in Harley Race, or they would bring in some tough guy who's a notorious. Mean, just an animal an actual yeah. fighter like a guy who <laughs> right. could really like hurt George you the animal yeah okay <laughs> and you you would get in the ring with that guy and he would stretch you which is they would he would hurt you for real because oh, to okay. teach you a lesson that's what a shoot is yeah shooting is in again like kayfabe is keeping it you know all within cloistered uh within our language shooting means uh going real okay within it okay so uh so in japan and, was yeah. the, was the one who said we want it to look real we want it to be real. yeah so yes. they would do like real roundhouse kicks to the chest Slaps uh, these huge, like Ric like Flair, big chops to the chest, and okay. you'd be red, and guys would be bleeding yeah. from the chest, and so they would actually they would make it look as real as they possibly could, yeah. even with the outcome already decided. Yeah, but they wanted to make the action look as real as yeah. possible. So anyway, Chris Jericho was this guy who was like 
his whole gimmick was that he was just the best, came from Japan. And remember when he w- he went in the ring and listed all of his uh, 1,001 moves, yes. which were just some were made up, like the, like the Gregorian armchair, like <laughs> stuff like that, like the Roman candleplex. And so he's making up moves, and then it comes his time to wrestle Goldberg, and he wanted none of it. So he went and found uh, this guy who was a smaller version of a Goldberg named Gilbert, who was kind of like... I don't know if he's technically a midget. I've met him, and he's not. He's just like a small statue. You're a small person. Guy. Yeah, right. You're a small guy. <laughs> and so he staged right. a match with Gilberg, claiming that Gilberg was Goldberg. And so, <laughs> so he could. So in the that's just good writing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in suing weeks, he would say, "No, Goldberg's actually sixty-three and one. I defeated Goldberg. Remember last week? So Goldberg had to come out and be like, "No, that was a miniature guy named Gilberg. That wasn't me." And so Jericho the whole time is just saying, "No, no, no. You have a loss on your record, good sir." And and, uh, and that that's what made I, that whole feud made Jericho one of my favorites. And also, um, so funny. Chris just Jericho is a comic. really funny, normal guy. Like yeah. in in real life, yeah. he's very funny. Yeah, and smart and sharp. You Read, read his book. It's a great book. It's all about – it's a bunch of wrestling stories and about who he yeah. is as a guy. Jericho. Um, Chris Jericho. Chris Goldberg uh, actually started to buy his own hype. Even though he was written to be 63-0, and 0, he actually started to kind of believe that he was this unbelievable <laughs> monster. And he hated Chris Jericho. And they actually had a fight in the locker room. They had a, a, a real yeah. fight. Goldberg went after him. And uh, there's yeah. all there, people will say who won and who didn't, but I mean, I, from what I've heard, Jericho got the better of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, because again, he thought he was this tough guy all of a sudden, and he's like, <laughs> but Jericho Gold, is was, really yeah. a tough guy. It was almost like Goldberg didn't understand that he was in the wrestling world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that he was doing a stage product. Like Jericho had a firmer grasp on the script. I think. Well, but also because <laughs> he had paid his dues. Chris Jericho had been, like I said, started in Canada, went into Japan, and he was into shoot fighting, and he came here. He had to fight tooth and fucking nail because also Chris Jericho, what is he? Five Small nine? Guy. Not a not he, what you would picture in your head. At his, boots right. if you ever watch a chris jericho match look at his boots he's got four inch heels on the bottom of his of his boots oh, he's lifts he's got yes lifts. he's got he's lifts. fighting on in, stilts it's <laughs> amazing to watch because you see yeah. the things that he does and you can actually watch when he'll stop short sometimes his feet will slide in the fucking boots and because it looks like yeah. slippers on top of uh like mules he's like lady the ginger mules. rogers of because <laughs> he's doing everything the other guy's doing but backwards but <laughs> yeah uh, backwards oh exactly remember god <laughs> damn yeah so so i have i have a soft spot for you know, guys like Chris Jericho. Guy, I I was into the promos and stuff. I I think yeah. a lot of it came from when I was a kid. I you know I didn't have a dad, so I mean I was always looking for masculinity anywhere I could find it. And I know it right. seems ridiculous with adorable Adrian Adonis and those idiots, right? Right. But you would see tough guys doing tough guy stuff. Okay. And so I always I always I rooted for the heels. I always rooted for the bad guys because I, I even I, I hate when they would be chicken shit heels. I didn't like that, but. But anybody who could talk. What do you mean by that? Chicken shit heels. Uh, guys who would just, but they would run. Guys who would start a fight and run. You know. Oh, guys I love those behind. guys. Oh, That's no, the no, comedy no. of wrestling. Okay, I'm the opposite. But guy. as a kid, I love those guys. You had a dad. Oh, as a kid, as you a had kid. a dad. I had a dad. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. I had a family. I had a swimming pool in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Anyway. So <laughs> I had bro- I had brothers and yeah. So I whatever. gravitated to that man because I, I mean I loved boxing you know and you know fighting and all but I, yeah. like tough guy shit I really like yeah and so any big mean tough dude on there that's who I was. I backed and anybody who could talk that was right. the thing yeah. for me anyone who could do promos was amazing to me oh right right someone who had sort of the patter down Ric Flair Ric Flair Ric Flair is the Steve best Steve Austin these, these guys are the greatest talkers in the, in the history Mick Foley uh, uh, dude and yeah. they're all bad guys uh, Mick Foley is gone. they've all gone back and forth for the most okay. part they, they usually take a good talker and really turn him into like a, a great heel or a uh, yeah but then he will turn himself into a good guy because he's such a great talker the yes. fans back him. CM, just love Punk, him CM Punk is the current example yes. of this he CM. was so good at 
getting heat, which is being hated. He was so good at drawing heat for himself that they loved him. And he had such a strong Chicago contingent. He was a the uh, second city saint and is his moniker. So he was a bad guy. But anytime he would go into Chicago as a bad guy, he would be so clearly who the crowd was rooting for that this natural transition to good guy happened. But also, right. I, I'm from Chicago. Right. And we rooted for bad guys. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I went to AWA shows as a kid. I... I the Road Warriors are it for me. That Richard went, Daly. You know, Richard Daly. You guys love a bad exactly. guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Barack um, Obama. That guy. That's it. I'm sorry. He's, he's, that's that a guy. weird leap you've just <laughs> made. Wait a minute. He's, he's willing to work. He wants to work around the system. He's like, I don't think yeah. you understand how the system works. He's mm, willing to. I don't think. He's and when kayfabe. he was a villain. In, <laughs> he is the, keeping in, a kayfabe. Keeping it. a kayfabe. Uh, but when I would go to wrestling, Matt, we would, you know, it would be the whole Rosemont Horizon or, mm-hmm. or the Chicago Stadium. And they would root for the bad guys. Always. Oh, yeah. We rooted for Greg Valentine against Tito Santana. We rooted for uh, Big John Studd against Andre the Giant. It just—it was just weird. As a collective city, we loved the Road Warriors, even though they were bad guys. I watched Rick Martel fight Terry Gordy once, and Terry Gordy was in the Freebirds, and the Freebirds were feuding with the Road Warriors, so everybody hated the Freebirds. But when Terry Gordy fought Rick Martel, who was the current champion of the AWA at the time, the whole room was for Terry Gordy. They went right. crazy to the point where at the end they will do a thing in wrestling because it's a dance, you know, and they—they're all—they're coordinating as they go along inside the ring. Okay. Well, so then Gordy started to do. Babyface stuff. Okay. To play to the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and Martel started to do heel stuff. They, they could sense the switch in the crowd, so they actually participated and surfed it and made it work within the ring. And that's why wrestling's a lot like comedy. You know, it, it's, and that's why I thought you would be able to really relate to it because yeah. it's, it's very much surfing the crowd and finding out where the crowd is at yeah. and, and making them come with you. Right. You know, cause you come out cold and they don't know a fucking thing about you other than what they've heard. Mm-hmm. And you have to prove it in the ring. Uh, you know, some people yeah. are just universally loved. I mean, that's your bigger headliners. But if you're a nobody, you have to make them come to your side. Okay. Watch the movie Beyond the Mat. Because when you see that movie, you will see them doing wrestling. That isn't that Henry Winkler one, is it? Uh, no, no, no. That's the one and only. <laughs> okay, that, I saw that one. That's the only yeah. one I've seen. <laughs> and his name is Andy Schmidt, which is my brother's name. But right. he, uh, but Beyond the Mat is a documentary made by, was it Barry Levinson? I forget who did it. But he follows wrestlers, in, you know, and uh, the big headliners and then the guys who've fallen from grace. Okay. Yeah. And there, there is a scene where Coco Beware and, and Jake the Snake Roberts, they're, you know, they used to be huge names. Now they're fighting. In North Platte, Nebraska. Yeah. Oh. Which I know is dear and dear to your heart. A classic uh, vacation game. Wasn't it like a promotion ran by Chief Jay Strongbow or something? And like they're that? fighting and in like Atlas? an airplane hangar yeah. or something or in a high school gym. Like and some Quonset hut just in yes. the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is why. Like a VFW hall. Situation. If you watch the movie, they're, they're in cities we've done stand up in. Yeah. yeah. And they drive, they drive to and from, they stay in shitty hotels, they got to go to a gym to try and stay in shape or whatever, they eat in shitty food. Right. And then at night, they have to go perform for a new crowd. And, wow. and they bring the same thing that they may have brought in the previous city or they try to make it different to right. keep themselves involved like you would do as a stand-up comedian right and i'm telling you when i saw and they all the travel Met, as a group though uh well they tried to cut down For on, the on most expenses part, yeah. and, okay you know, but they're kind of like comics where you show up and you're like oh i'm fighting that guy yes yep yeah yeah and, oh and, that's and, crazy at independent promotions they will show up and they'll go all right and if you see the movie the wrestler they really did a great job of portraying it yeah. where a guy would show up in the locker room they go oh and they have a meeting they're like all right well andy you're gonna be fighting jackie today in a, in a cage match and make it under seven and that like they everything is scripted and choreographed but within the confines of you that, hear that jackie we have a cage match, we're in a cage match and we have to <laughs> we make it, under, it under seven, seven. what right. is that it means a uh, under seven minute match in a cage, and oh, I'm going to be throwing can, you against that cage a lot. And so. is someone giving <laughs> giving us the light? 
Yeah, yeah. How do they? How do you think they do that? The, well, they have the referee. <laughs> the ref, oh, the ref is he's is. he's the guy running it. When you watch wrestling, the referee is in charge of what's going on in the ring as well. Oh, the wrestlers really? are coordinating the dance, but the ref knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he will he'll give you the go home signal, which means we're finished, and, right. and bring it up. And yeah, so the, he's he's keeping the time. There's a guy at the side of the ring. Uh, it's it's really. Yeah. I love it when you see it on television. I still watch it now, and sometimes you'll see the wrestlers talking to each other, or you'll see a lot. You'll see the hand go up, or you see the ref put the hand up, and you're like, oh, they're talking to each other. There's a video on YouTube that just went around like two weeks ago, and it's about nine minutes of wrestlers calling their yep. spots. And, and they it's, do it's, it. with the crowd noise down, you can hear the wrestlers, you can see their mouths, you can hear them, you can see guys who are late on their timing, and a wrestler's like, where the fuck is Jeff? Because you know, <laughs> yeah. Jeff's still outside milking an injury. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, right, Jeff, right. you got to get in here and push over this ladder so I can fucking climb up it. So oh, right, it's right. really, they it's very interesting. They just talk to each other. But yeah. with the crowd roar, you can you you rarely... It's a stage you, you see them You yeah. see okay. the mouth movements, but yeah, when they... You that, think that they're just talking shit at each other is what you think. Essentially, they're, if you see it... They're trying to organize the, the spot that they're pulling off together. It very okay. much is a choreographed dance. Like, uh, everybody, even the guy beating up the other guy, they're all working together. It's a it's a choreographed wow. thing and so when someone's out of place or when someone's not doing what they're supposed to be doing you will see guys just like yelling at each other yeah they get pissed because it, because it's a timing thing and you have to you know i i can't do this until you get in here to do yeah, that you right. know what i mean you have to stop me from doing this and yeah. if i get to the because if you've seen it a guy will get to the top there'll be a ladder match and there's a belt hanging above the ring well one guy is supposed to climb up the top of the ladder and get the belt and he's the champion but if the guy who isn't supposed to get the belt is standing by the ladder, the crowd is going, why the fuck doesn't he just climb the ladder and get the belt? Yeah. 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 So then he kind of starts going up and he starts milking the crowd. You know, he's got to do it until the other guy comes in and pushes him over. You know, right, it's all, right. it's all choreographed. My all favorite is when a sound cue doesn't happen when it was clearly supposed to happen. Like there, a lot of wrestling, a lot of the drama is built on interruptions. Like somebody will be mid promo and then the music of, of the uh, opposition will hit. And then, and so, but sometimes they will be mid conversation and it's clearly the cue. Like they said the thing that was supposed to cue the sound guy to play the opposition's music and it didn't happen and they so they have the... to ad lib a little bit right right yeah. and so like a, a lot of my love of is uh is watching that the performance side of it like in wrestling there's kind of two camps marks and then people who watch it from the kind of aspect of understanding that it's fake and the performance of it yeah. and i think comedians because we relate to it kind of drift towards that side like we watch a lot of the performance we appreciate the villains that are good at Really milking uh, yeah. the heat and getting the boost from the crowd. Like my favorite current guy is a sort of genius character named Damian Sandow, and he'll come out. He he wrote the he they rolled him out by he refused to wrestle. Like he would come out and a jobber would already be in the ring. He would walk all the way to ring and look at the job and be like, "No, this is beneath me," and just walk back, <laughs> never wrestle, and just give himself like pats on the back. But you hate those guys. You were saying the cowards, uh, the villainous cowards. Well, th- I that find move, that shit funny. That yeah. stuff's really funny. Some of that stuff I, I find funny, but I'd much rather see Dean Ambrose come out and fuck somebody up. You okay. know what I mean? It's like, and, I, and yeah. when you're a kid, you're just like. No, no, you can't hit that guy from behind and then run away. Yeah. That's not fair. Right. And because that's, I mean, that, that was a big part of, of I my love childhood. those guys. I love the weasels. My favorite guy in wrestling of all time is Bobby the Brain Heenan. That's what I wanted to be. Bobby the Brain Heenan. When I, I know that. Yeah, name. you do. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, that's, I wanted to be a villainous manager, a heel manager. I wanted to be Bobby the Brain Heenan. I, I didn't, my I dad had no was interest. Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> He's constantly, oh, I was nine years old. I come out to breakfast and my dad has a fat lip and a black eye. And I was like, what happened? He said, I won the argument. <laughs> and you're like, what happened? <laughs> He's like, I, Frank Pulaski punched me, fell to the ground, he started kicking me. I said, he kicked you when you were down? That's not fair. And he goes, no, no, that's what you do. Someone's down, you kick them. Because yeah. then they, they stay down then. <laughs> and I was like, even when you're on the receiving end of bad sportsmanship, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what you do. Yeah, that's, that's what I would have done. <laughs> 
Why not? Well, I always <laughs> like the idea of bad guy, villainous managers back in the day always had an equalizer. They always had something that caused the distraction. The mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart had his uh, <laughs> had his bullhorn. Yep, his loud mouth caused a distraction. He would shout through a bullhorn and mm-hmm, distract the mm-hmm. good guy. Who was the classy Freddie Blassie? Had his cane. Yes. Uh, uh, they all his, had what was something. His cane? Uh, what did he do with his cane? Did he beat? He walked people? out with a cane. Oh. He would hit you in the leg with a cane, cause a distraction, and then your guy would get over on you. Oh, oh, so he wasn't the guy who was wrestling. He was no, just he's, a, he was a, he was like well, a he manager. was a great wrestler when he was wrestling, but then he yeah. A but I mean, okay. when you're a manager, yeah. you're a handler, and your your interest is always your guy has to win, and your guy is always a villain. So villainous distractions the are the job of the managers? manager. Good guys have managers. Rarely. Yeah. Rarely. Yeah, well, I mean, Sometimes. Jimmy Hart became a good guy manager because he was Hogan's guy and stuff like yeah. that. Um, when I was a kid, we, uh, when I, when I, when I'm a kid, I was 18, right. 20, right. you know. Um, I, this I'm, is when I was, I'm, I'm choosing to say back in the day. That's yeah. What okay. I'm choosing to say. Uh, when <laughs> back I, in the day. Hardcore AWA, we, uh, I, a bunch of guys, we'd go every month and go see them. So then they had guys who would do signings and they would meet people and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, we went and met gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Okay. Uh, Gordon Jimmy Garvin was doing a signing at a store and, uh, uh, his valet Precious was not with him precious. that day. That's what I was going to say. Was precious, was precious around. We wanted to see Precious, but she was not. She, I thought she would come out and spray the air, but she did not. Oh, that was she, all, her th- gimmick was she, she would come out with like Glade and she would spray the air oh, uh, yeah. to make sure it was, it was pleasant enough for Jimmy to show up. Oh, she freshened yeah. the air around her. <laughs> Because so, uh, of the horrible stench that wrestling fans create. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so we met him and the signing was underattended. Okay. So it basically turned into my five friends and I hanging out with Jimmy Garvin for an hour and a half and asking Ooh. him every question we could possibly ask about wrestling. Right, right. What do managers do? What, you know, what's it and, like? Uh, and he, t- he broke kayfabe for us completely. He was the nicest guy. He was, cause he was a villain. That was the right. thing. Okay. But he could not have been more friendly or fun or funny to us and, and entertain and like laughing. He's going to deny this up and down. Of course he way. is. Up but we, we asked him about managers. <laughs> what do they really do? And he was like, they don't do anything. And we're like, do they, do they, you know, travel with but you? That's they don't handle true. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, anyway, oh, oh look at you going inside. <laughs> Melanie, I love you. You've uh, gotten me so much work actually, recently, <laughs> so you were great. So I, you, one time we went to wrestling at a place called the Odium in Villa Park. It was just a small, again, shitty room where they were doing an AWA thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hated Kurt Henning. We you just hated him. The because, Axe. Oh, right. uh, Kurt. No, Larry's the Axe. No, who became Mr. Perfect. Right, but this is before he was okay. Mr. Perfect. He was a good guy in the right. AWA okay. who you, you right. might even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And you might know Larry the Axe Henning as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I know so, the, uh, Hennings. the Hennings. And at the time, time, there was a new guy in the AWA they were trying to force down our, our throats named Scott Hall. Yeah. Who, uh, Razor his name was, he was my favorite when I was a kid. But before that, he was Big Scott Hall. He's just like supposedly I'll come in when they're guy. in the WWF yeah. and I'll tell you their WWF characters. You're, yeah. the, you're the back in the day guy. <laughs> right. I'm the one that gets a WWF guy. Uh, so he, he was, uh, we hated Scott Hall because he yeah. was supposed to be this do-gooder guy and we just fucking couldn't stand it because we liked bad guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they were the tag team champions. They came out to fight and at one time they were going back to the locker room that night after the thing and my friend Larry Larson grabbed the title belt from Kurt Henning. Oh my God. Like he fucking, like held it. Like, yeah. and, uh, and Kurt Henning got like, fucking like in his face yeah and Larry's like fuck you Kurt man fuck you pal like right in his face <laughs> and uh it was so stupid like what are you True doing wrestling. now you look back at it like idiot um <laughs> so after the matches we hung out and we saw them leave we watched uh and so we got we followed them because we were like well we're gonna go find out where they're going <laughs> so uh we followed we followed Nord the Barbarian and the Mongolian Stomper to Denny's. Oh, yeah. To Denny's. Yes. That's uh, probably the restaurant of choice for a lot of wrestlers. How many times do you think uh, Jake the Snake Roberts oh, left Christ. the Denny's going, what do I not have? Yeah, or, was, or was removed from it. a Denny's. So anybody seen a, a rithering sack with a python inside? <laughs> it was in this booth. 
And, uh, I, yeah. okay, so ahead. no, it's okay. No, just I'm just saying. So I mean, I was that guy. So we followed. It was like North we Barbarian Boris Zukov and the Mongolian Stomper. We followed them to Denny's. Well, you know, like two episodes ago, three episodes ago, I had Keith Malion talking about hair metal, and uh, he he currently goes to see hair metal bands. Currently. Yeah. And they're lightly attended. And mm-hmm. you can just talk to the people now. Yeah. Guys in warrant. That's right. Yeah. And extreme. And and he said he was watching someone and one of the one of the guys said, Hey, you know, anybody wants to come by and say hi, we're staying over there at the Sheraton or the Super Eight or whatever, we're in five forty seven. Oh my Christ. And he turns to his buddy and goes, Let's go say hi to them. <laughs> and his buddy goes, He means girls. Yeah, yet. we have cops. <laughs> <laughs> he has no interest in us showing up. Not right. all interested in us. Right. So are there ladies? Are there ladies? Oh, Do they get yeah. some action? Oh, dude. Yeah. You think I'm they sure they're some... always disappointed when sweaty dudes are the ones approaching them at the, at the, uh, signs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was Wait, sweaty. no, I wasn't. Was I like that? What? What the? Uh, um, <laughs> well, I had a similar, uh, exchange with Virgil, who was the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase's handler, who handled the million dollar belt. <laughs> yes. Virgil, his personal oh. assistant, some may say a slave, but he rose up against the oppression <laughs> of the million dollar man, and they had a whole boxing match. It was a big ordeal at WrestleMania. Oh. Uh, but I met Virgil, and it was a zero attended signing. He was at a table that just said Virgil well, he, at a Comic Con. Yeah, and he, he's famous for doing it. He shows yeah. up with no like he doesn't book his way into Comic Con. He's been he in subway, up and sets subway up stations table. in New York. Yeah, he sets up a table it's with Virgil and and he'll sign photos and and uh, Deadspin did a big thing. Deadspin dot com. They yeah. were, last year they were following him and, so and whatever you know, people he would, would take do? pictures of him. Yeah, he just sets up shop. Like yeah. he's kind of a street autograph signee guy that no, and and, people but would no have one stories shows up. Yeah. where he would if you stopped and looked at his table he would harangue you for a photo or whatever. Da da da. And, uh, and he you charged, you tried to stuff, charge me five bucks for an autograph and ten bucks for a photo yeah. and like twenty bucks uh, for an saying, autographed it, photo. Yeah, as you say, you got off light because it's like twenty five bucks. It's something it, like that. And he'll tell people like, if you're looking at his stuff, he'll be like, "Hey, you got to pay if you're going to look." You know that, that he's one of those just dudes. for looking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I worked with Jimmy J.J. Walker. Yeah, well, same uh, way. Same he, way. He, yep. he wants five or ten bucks for a headshot. I, I worked for him too. He's the same, <laughs> and he won't say dynamite on stage. He will not, but he will sell you a, a, a bumper sticker. That I says don't think dynamite. wrestlers go that far. I think wrestlers will give you their mantra or their catchphrase at a signing if you ask. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe anymore. some of them. You know what? It's probably an individual preference. Thing. Things have changed now to where there is such an interaction between fans and and wrestlers that I, I think. You know, there are marks and there are people who don't get it and there are people, cause I mean, I, I follow CM Punk on little Twitter. Little kids. Nowadays it's yeah. little kids. Or, or, but actually with the advent of Twitter and social media, every dumb fuck in the world has come out of the woodwork and so they can get access to CM Punk so they'll say <laughs> shitty things to him just yeah. to try to provoke a reaction. It's fun to read right. those too. You know, and that's, that's the stuff they used to do in the crowd. I mean, I mean, there's all sorts of stories of wrestlers getting stabbed on the way to the ring and they're, yeah, Whoa. Cause people think it's real. Oh, yeah. oh, right, right. So bad guys will go on the way to the ring and old ladies are telling them to fuck you. And there's, yeah. you know, famous pictures online. You'll see of someone, like a woman yeah. flipping Jerry Gorgeous King George used and, to get his like wig ripped off on the way to the ring all the time. The famous yeah. stories, like he, it was rare that he made it to the ring with all of his ring gear on because people would try to rip stuff off of oh, him. Oh my God. There was a, there was a match <laughs> when I was a kid, the Road Did Warriors he? fought, yeah. uh, Baron Von Rashke and Kurt Henning. Oh, okay. And, uh, and yeah. Larry this the Axe. WA stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, um, they released a videotape, you know, the Road Warriors. I bought it. And I was watching the match. and I have no idea how it, it made it on the videotape. But the Road Warriors tied Kurt Henning up in the ring and they, they, in ring ropes and they cut his <laughs> head and he had blood all over himself. And then Larry the Axe Henning came and cleaned out the ring and it was the whole thing. Right. So the Road Warriors. Going the hard way. Yeah. That's the, when you get, when you hit somebody so hard that they bleed, you got blood yeah, the hard way. Yeah. Okay. You got color yeah, the hard oof. way. So the Road Warriors spill out of the ring. And they walk off and, uh, the announcer for the AWA is going, Oh, they got to get Kurt Henning out of the ropes and Larry the Axe cleans. Uh, and uh, wait a minute. Some of the fans are getting into it with the road warriors and they pan over 
and the fucking Road Warriors are fighting. Like there's a crew. Straight they're they're surrounded by fans. <laughs> now the Road Warriors, I should tell you, they were yeah. They were the advent of were big steroid eating monster bodybuilder body wrestlers. Yeah. Okay. Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors, the Legion <laughs> okay. of Doom, uh, fucking painted faces, Mohawks. They look. They were based right on out of the Mad Road Warriors. Okay. Fucking apocalyptic. But they were fighting previous bad guys, right? Weren't they Baron von Raschke and? Yeah, yeah, but, but they, they were, were good guys now. Baron yeah. Rashke oh. and Kurt Henning were good guys now. Baby face oh, churn. okay. Yeah, yeah. And so the Road Warriors were just, they, they were They were evil. truly bad guys. Yes. And then eventually and the they turned them. turned on them? Uh, well, they rolled out into the crowd and they got a t- attacked. And it's my favorite thing. I can't find it anywhere. I lost the videotape and I tried to find it online. Oh, YouTube, man. YouTube's it's not. It's not there, business. dude, because they're we fighting find, the Road Warriors. Email me this, Andy. And, uh, I'm and finding I'm, it right I'm, now. I'm on my phone. I'm on my information box. I'll link it. They wind up in a fight and you see like Animal is just clotheslining fans. He's just trying, they're just trying to get out of the crowd because they're yeah. surrounded by like 40 people wow. so he's just swinging his arms and blasting people and then you see hawk is standing here hawk 6'3 275 animal was 6'2 300 pounds right he could bench 600 pounds he was a fucking monster right hawk is standing above the crowd and he's looking and a guy you see the guy come up behind him with a chair and the actual because in wrestling they hit people with chairs all the time right. well this is an actual plastic chair not a metal folding yeah, chair no, this is was intended for audience sitting and he picks it up <laughs> he comes running up and he blasts hawk in the fucking head he just drills him and it bounces off and hawk turns around mean and you just see the whole crowd jump back like what the fuck are they human and uh yeah because it was a woman who hit who hit them when they rolled out of the ring and animal punched this woman in the face and that's when everybody went at it and i i it was so funny because that again this is gonna i was working in a record store and a woman came in we had wrestling on on the little television yeah and she's like i hate those guys the road warriors she goes oh i got into a fight with them in wisconsin once and i'm like whatever the I found them, it. The clip of them hidden. Yeah. Well, 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 you just got to link me. That's all. I'll link you up. I'll, I'll, I'll link you up. I'll put, I'm not watching it during the show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Guys, I found it. Pause the podcast. I found the video we all need to watch. So, this is how this works, right? Yeah. So he, he blasted them with the chair and then he, and they turn around and it just made me love them even more because it's like literally they're, they're getting fought by 30 people and then yeah. everybody completely bags off because yeah. they wore like spiked neck collars and their fucking muscles. And the lady just, who got in a fight Her name was Carolyn Hoshitz. Oh shit! Because then it was in the Sun Times that she was suing the AWA and the Road Warriors. Like six weeks later, I, I, I just but so it all came to life for me. Where I was like, no. And then I saw the video tape. Like, oh, that's what happened. Because she attacked Animal on his way out of the ring, and he fucking jacked her in the face. Right. And then of course they had to fight their way out of the ring. But I. So it happens. Yeah. It happened a lot where guys right. would get attacked. Yeah. Right. And so, it, it it rarely happens now, but recently CM Punk had an incident where he threw an elbow and really blasted a guy in the face because he did a whole spot where he went up into the audience and was supposed to be a celebratory spot in the audience, but a guy was getting into the camera shot too much, like getting over his yeah. shoulder, and you see CM Punk pop him one right, oh, right. In the, right in the face, like real, wow. really popped him one. So so and there was Twitter exploded. Yeah. Yeah. To say what? To say like that was real. That. Like instantly, you would you would go to Twitter and see the speculation. That was real. He really elbowed that guy. So it's just now it's like instead of like reading about it in a wrestling magazine, yeah. you see it on Twitter instantly. Yeah, everything happens instantly. Yeah, right. You know? Well, so so after when so the guy who strung who who bought all the regional stuff, Vince McMahon, and made it into one big one. He created the WWE empire. Yeah. Okay, and what is a worldwide? Right now, well, it was World Wrestling WW- Entertainment. Yeah. It was Entertainment. World Wrestling Federation, WWF, but the w- the World Wildlife Federation, also WWF, somehow won that battle. I don't know how they won that battle. Okay. But they got the rights to WWF. You know, the Panda logo, that's... Uh, sure. So, no, I don't. Okay. But I think it's World good. Wildlife Fund. Something. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm being serious. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh. think it's World Wildlife Fund, I believe. Oh, but yeah, that's so they- because they're real. 
That's an environmental group. No, it's a real group. environmental group. Yeah, yeah. Who got the rescue? Yeah. You know why? Because they're a environment, and they're like, <laughs> "Fucking pick something else, wrestlers." But but he's okay. been. They've been the WWF. <laughs> I, they I, did, and I, they're doing just fine. The only thing I can think of is I always wondered too how they lost. But WWF used to be WWWF, which was Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it was. And three I wonder if they were that before it was, you know, at the same the time because then they became fund? WWF in the seventies, and maybe right. that, you know someone else had a claim on it. I think I don't it know. came that yeah in the late. 70s when they uh, really the uh, wrestling uh, becoming global on television is what made them because they were just kind of the New York territory when they were WWWF they were the sort okay. of East Coast territory and then they wanted to do this whole television global thing so they shortened it to just worldwide so they wanted to be known as like Vince wanted we- to be the biggest wrestling organization in the world because it was pre-cable and it would just seem to be on the UHF channel well right. that's where right but then cable ex- made it explode cable. once WOR out of New York became a superstation and yeah. TBS out of Atlanta became a superstation wrestling became a national endeavor you could follow these guys it was no longer so much territorial there were territories right but you could follow the Georgia championship wrestling and the WWF Nationally, and that was so all these guys the became 80s? larger names. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. You know, so well, the seventies too, as well. The late seventies, huge 70s. scooping of talent like uh, Carrie Von Erich, who was in the big name of Texas, and the Von Erich family became the Texas Tornado in WWF. I've heard of that. Uh, like well, he um, raided everybody. He went. He brought yeah. in Randy Savage, who was in Memphis. Junkyard Dog. He brought in the Junkyard over, Dog, who was, who was huge South in the South. Guy. These these were gigantic names regionally, mm-hmm. and when he took those big names, it really crippled the regional uh, uh, promotions. Mm-hmm. And then there were guys like you know you mentioned Bill Watts. He put together the UWF, which was the Universal Wrestling Federation, yeah. and he was based in the South. So he tried to kind of unite the Southern territories and, and attack yeah. from that way. But again, he couldn't match the money. He couldn't match the the. the Where did he the get power. the money? Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, well, they he had been in wrestling forever. You know what I mean? They had they had the he money had saved up. Um, yeah. I don't know about all that. He inherited <laughs> it from his dad. Okay. Uh, and then he went national and started to bring in guys and give them money and then he was promoting nationally so the more money came in and pay-per-view when pay-per-view okay. exploded the rock and wrestling connection made pay-per-view explode with roddy piper and hulk hogan and cindy lauper got involved and then mtv got involved that's where and, i come in that's when i was born and then it just yeah. goes crazy <laughs> yeah yeah. that's when i really loved it when rock and wrestling was having roddy roddy piper is my favorite because he was a bad guy that could talk he was the best he and he still he, is Still is, and he had the. I saw him at the comedy store, and I and I was too chicken to talk to him. He does comedy now. I saw him in the kitchen. I walked right past, mm-hmm. and I reg- I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. I sure. need to talk. You may to him. see him again. I got some questions for him. I You'll probably see him again. will. What would you ask him? Uh, just a lot of wrestling questions. Uh, was the like, coconut like? was the coconut pre-sliced <laughs> in half? What you know, real specific oh, was there stuff. A, uh, that was he was the coconut a-, a work, or did you really hit Superfly Jimmy Snuka with a full bore coconut? The okay. world needs to know. The word, you would have thought that they would have, was there coconut water everywhere when, when, when he No, I don't know where he got the coconut from under the table and he just cracked. No, no, he had a plate, he had a bowl of fruit and, co- uh, Jimmy Snuka is from, uh, Fiji. Yeah. Okay. And he would wrestle. So why wouldn't he be walking around with coconut? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 no. But, no, he sat out coconuts as a gesture of goodwill. Oh, of course. Like, Welcome to my talk show. The Piper's Pit was the first talk show wrestling and I really loved The Piper's that. Pit. Piper's Pit. He would come in and really get down to business, really talk about what's happening in every feud. And he always <laughs> sided with the villains of every feud. Mm-hmm. So when the baby mm-hmm. face of a feud would come on with no help, just the person, it always ended in some sort of brawl. The set sure. got knocked over. Coconuts got you got attacked by a coconut. And sure. The great thing about Roddy Piper was he could talk and he was he was also and also in, in real life, tough guy. You know, from, yeah. Sc- from Scotland, fighter, all that. You know, he, was, okay. he could really handle himself. And also, Actually, he, I think he's from like Ohio or something. Uh, yeah, but Scottish heritage. <laughs> 
Oh, is that it? Uh, yeah, he wears yeah. a kilt. That was the whole thing. He would enter the ring with bagpipes. Bagpipers. Okay. Yeah, the whole deal. Oh, Rowdy, Piper. Um, Rowdy, Roddy, Piper. And the pipers and were, the, were the bagpipes. Yes. And he always does, does dressed everyone, with a kilt. Does everyone realize that bagpipes are to be played outdoors from far away? I did not know that. that. They were, yeah, they were sure. military uh, uh, little to-do-to-dos. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> you're supposed to be able to hear them from a long way away. So when I was at a wedding where the uh, the Scottish piper was underneath the the balcony where they were getting married, oh, and I boy. was like, too close. That's too much. <laughs> too close for the piper. Yeah, if the wedding dress is getting that Marilyn Monroe subway great treatment. <laughs> Turn a, off the bagpipes. A, the bagpipes. The hair is being blown too back loud. From the pipe. Too loud. Yeah. Anyway, so he, but Rowdy, and well, the, he had the a great pipe. thing about him was he was not only could, he would talk and he hosted Piper's. What did bit, he say? And he was a villain. What's your favorite Rowdy he, Piper sound? Uh, like? don't, you don't throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. He beat me it's to the, it. It's the first time he ever. First time I ever heard that phrase. You don't. And he. And, and but mean into the camera after beating the shit out of a guy and leaving him land. You don't throw rocks at a guy with a machine gun. You don't at a throw man rocks with a machine at gun. A guy holding a machine. And also, gun. just when you th- he after he beat the shit out of. Now, uh, can I say this one? Go ahead. Just when you just when you think you have all the answers, I change the questions. I change the questions. <laughs> And he, because he, and he left this guy laying in Salvatore Belomo, I think it was, or, uh, no, Frank, Frank Marino, I forget, some jobber he beat the shit out of. Yeah, but he, he would, would always have, he would always bring the jobbers on and just totally dismiss, he would like just start smacking their face to rile them my, up. My favorite Roddy Piper moment is on Piper's Pit, he had Andre the Giant. Cause on. he can wrestle. He can, he That's can, the thing. He's, he can he's hold everything. His own. He's everything. Roddy Piper's everything good about wrestling. He's our everything. Uh, <laughs> have a love love relationship and there's no Roddy. doubt we found our mutual love spot um, we're wrestling it's Roddy Roddy Piper I knew he'd bring us together Andre the Giant was a gentle giant was he not uh, well, in he, real life he had Andre the Giant on Piper's Pit and Andre the Giant I saw I stood next to Andre the Giant uh, I was at, in Chicago at the USC Pavilion the comparison? Uh, it, well yes I came upon a basketball and in my hand disappeared and Andre the Giant's yeah. hand I went to because he was slapping he hands. had a disease he was as big as <laughs> he was well, in a disease well, if you want to slap some sad on it Jackie yeah the man had elephantitis did you uh, did you, you ever <laughs> see one of those big black file cabinets in an office like he a five drawer one like, yeah. no, those, those I'm, I'm big, familiar with the, the different the double that's doors. my dark dub oh okay yeah, yeah, it's nice. yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> he was as wide as a, fi- as a filing cabinet and he was seven feet tall he was the wow. biggest thing I've ever besides Shaq Shaq's bigger but I mean he's still the biggest guy I've ever stood next to Andre the Giant and Shaq are fucking monsters but yeah. But Andre, so Andre the Giant was the thing. He was he, They built him as seven, four, five hundred pounds, and he was scary, and nobody ever wanted to make him mad, and those giant fucking meaty hands. And he was on Piper's mm-hmm. pit once, and Piper was making fun of him and stuff. And uh, Andre the Giant grabbed Piper by the shirt, yeah. and every other villain would shrink or go, oh, no, Mr. Giant. And Roddy Piper just got meaner and like squared up in his face, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though he knew he couldn't handle it. But it was just, And it was the greatest moment because you're like, oh, yeah, because fucking Roddy Piper doesn't back down to fucking anybody. He shut up. <laughs> But he just, again, it was that tough guy thing where it was just like he, he fucking put his chest out and just fucking kept staring down to the oh, giant. Yeah. And you're just like, that is, that, it was the greatest. It was, the, it spoke kinda, volumes. Yeah, that solidified him as one of my favorites when I was a kid because everybody else, Andre, the, everyone was legitimately, even Hawk Hogan, the man at the time. Yeah. Scared of the giant. Okay. Not okay. Roddy. No. And not, also not one of my other favorite villains when he, when he was a villain, Jake the Snake Roberts, who found Andre the Giant's weak spot, and that was convenient for him. He's scared of snakes. Yes. So he, inter- <laughs> he interrupted a match by pinning, uh, Andre the Giant into the ropes, did the old, which I never even got when I was a kid. That's easy to remove yourself from a rope lock. Am I wrong? They would always tie you up in the ropes, and even in the Andre the Giant would succumb to it, where your arms are just sort of in the ropes, but yeah. you would play it like, oh, I got nowhere to go. I can't move. Those are steel cables, Andy. They're yeah. they're and, they, and when you get hooked in that chicken wing, I mean, you can't just slip. You can't slip down. No, I don't think you can. <laughs> 
Okay. So Take what, that. <laughs> so, so, Andre, so Andre the Giant post-match, I think it was, uh, I, I don't know who it was, maybe Bobby the Brain Heenan had a hand in this, uh, had Andre the Giant tied up into yep. the ropes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then here comes Jake the Snake right on cue with his writhing sack with a python inside of it, unleashes that into the ring, and then we see what Andre the Giant's scared of. He starts freaking out. Oh, my god. The gosh. closer the snake gets to him, and then Jake the Snake realizes it and gets it right up in his face, and he's got him right where he wants I it. Know. And then for the weeks to come, and at the pay-per-views and everything, Jake the Snake knows his weakness is when garter he sees snake. that snake. Garter yeah. <laughs> Just in. Sack of garter snakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there was, you know, WWF was the, the kingpin of it. And, and then... They were silly when I was a kid. You know, they went into ice cream bars and cartoons, and, yeah. they, and they really. That's when I loved it. Uh, when it got because there really were actual silly. cartoons about was, wrestling. Yeah, the Rock and Wrestling well, Stars, it, or it, it went from it was a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, it went Hulk from Hogan's a live pals. show. It went from a live territory show that everybody thought was real to a global television product that had to be really televisiony. It became very cartoony. Hawk Hogan would come on every week and tell kids to take their vitamins and say their prayers. Oh. And Ultimate Warrior came out, who was just a human cartoon. He was this face painted. He was my favorite just because he was so unavoidably fun to watch. Like just his entrance was like this heavy metal, and he would shake the ropes, and he was very colorful. And What's was his like name? No, wait orange, a minute. You said you hate bodybuilders who know three moves, and the Ultimate Warrior is your favorite guy? No, no, no. He was when I was a kid. I'm saying, oh, right, I'm okay, saying, okay. little kid Andy. We're going into the brain of eight year old Andy. Right. right. Eight year old Andy loved uh, a guy with three moves who was all painted up. Who I just like. Three, three's generous. Why wouldn't you? Not even three. He had Ultimate Warrior. What, what, yes. what were, what were now, his moves? there's whole documentaries about how <laughs> terrible he was. He did the running clothesline and the power splash, which is just he'd bounce off the ropes in his finishing move. Didn't look like it could finish anybody. It was just a really simple splash. Okay. Like he would just jump onto the guy. Oh, so okay. He had literally two moves clotheslines and one splash. Okay. <laughs> but when I was a kid, that's all I need. That's all I need. That's fine. That's but then good I got times. more into like lucha. Now I'm really into that kind of stuff. Like I, oh, you got to be able to do some stuff. Lucha well, Vavum, yeah. Lucha Libre. Lucha Vavum is an offshoot of okay. Lucha Libre, which is traditional south of the border Mexican wrestling. Blanket Patch, Dana Gould, right? Well, they're they, the Lucha Vavum guys, yeah. They, they, they announce for Lucha Vavum or right. something. Okay. Yeah. And then Lucha, Lucha Libre else. is masked, uh, wrestling, basically. Okay. Jack Black movie, uh, yeah. Nacho, Nacho Libre. Libre. Nacho Libre. Yeah. It's about that world, yeah. Okay. So I would vacillate once, once this got really silly, you know, like I said, I, I, I liked the Georgia wrestling. I liked, you know, it was, uh, WCW, mm-hmm. uh, and, and AWA. I would, yeah. I would try to find my fix there because I didn't, I didn't like Hulk Hogan really. And, and they had wh- taken it away from you. Well, they it, I, fast. I was growing up. Right. You know what I mean? It and so silly, it was slipping yeah. away from me and it was, and they, they wanted to market to children. And I, right. I yeah. wanted, I was still craving the tough guy nonsense, you know? Right, right. And I was that child. Yeah. Right. You and walked, I you were right in the air. It up. I ate, I, I, would save up to get WWE magazine and the ice cream bar. That was my combo. That was like my Saturday there bike was ice- ride combo. Oh okay. yeah, WWE ice cream bars. You'd get the Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, the British Bulldog on there. They had themed Legion ice cream of bars. Doom. Okay. Well, they basically it was different characters. It was like a collect them all just on the- character ice yeah. cream bar. It was embossed in the bar. Okay, it was like a brand. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like branded. It was like yeah. a screen printed cookie ice cream bar. Oh yeah. weird. And the screen print would just be a picture of the guy. And it was not a great <laughs> not ice cream been, bar. Cheaper to it make. wasn't a good product. Right, right. It was two plain vanilla cookie wafers with some vanilla ice cream smushed between. And when them. you say ice cream, you mean ice milk. Oh yeah, no doubt. This is not a yes. quality. Yeah. No. This is not a hog no. and does. This isn't a This <laughs> isn't a Ben and this is pre Ben and Jerry's. Right, right. I would drift in and out of wrestling because I, I would, you know, I, I, I wanted it to be tough guys. Yeah. And then. Uh, they came back, the tough guys. And then the came characters. Back? Well, the well, characters. There was a whole era of character driven wrestling when I loved it. Your Undertakers, your Gold Dusties. 
What's a gold dust? Gold, du- gold dust was like um, he was brought to you by Twenty Four Karat Productions. He would come out in a full gold outfit. He had like gold lame everything and yeah. had a blonde wig and gold face paint. Gold fa- his moniker. He was the bizarre one, and he was very like was other wrestlers didn't want to wrestle because he was un- maybe gay, maybe maybe touch me inappropriately. Right, he was that right. guy. Yeah. And then there was wasn't there a hypnotist at that point. Wasn't there people that were like spooky? I feel like there and was a could... hypnotist at that time. <laughs> they there, were rolling. If out... there was, they tried it. Literally, there was a time had a when they named... tried everything. There was a guy named Mantar who was a half man, half just like Minotaur <laughs> beast. He just had a Mantar <laughs> beast telling me to come out. Yeah. They tried everything. There was all these like they had the goon. The goon. Was there was a, a wave of like guys who that got would kicked have... out of his hockey league and decided to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. It was the dumbest fucking stuff. And that was when I was like, I'm out. But then ECW came along. Which was a promotion out of and that was back Pennsylvania. The tough guy. Can I just and, talk about uh, some of the goofy characters for a second? Do. You got, it's, it's his. Now the, that's the, my bread is, and butter. This, this is his bread and butter. I, w- I want to hear about the goofy times. What years are we talking about? We're talking like early mid nineties. Okay. When they just wrestling and it became and they would roll these guys out and it was just every week a new guy would get rolled out and just kind of come and go. Okay. Because uh, uh, like, they were just shooting. They were just throwing things. They were at the just wall. throwing. There was like it was like if you like one guy was Tatanka. He was just a Native American, just okay. very blankly a Native American. Uh-huh. He did. A mm-hmm. rain dance. That was it. He came and went. <laughs> he d- was there uh, rain? Uh, no. Did well, he, he did rain? like a pre-match kind of thing. Okay. But there's a long tradition of Native American characters. You got oh, your really? Wahoo uh, Daniels. Mm-hmm. You got McDaniel. your uh, yeah. yeah Wahoo McDaniel mm-hmm. from the territory mm-hmm. days. Chief yep. Jay Strongbow. But this is a guy that was just like Tatanka, which is, I think is maybe Cherokee for Buffalo. It was from the movie. Okay. From uh, Dancing uh, from with, Dance with Wolves. wolves. <laughs> they just slapped that word on You know on what him. they should have got? They should have got Nightwolf from Mortal Kombat. Maybe. I would have. That... kind of That guy may have been based on Tatanka. They okay. look a lot alike. He looks like that. All right. And then you had your Joint the Clown, which was just a, like a bad guy, villainous, creepy clown. Oh, uh, that's man, when people so many, realized and, that clowns were creep, could be creepy. They played uh-huh. into that. They played into It uh, and the Creepy Clown status uh and then you had razor ramon who was like a cuban bad guy throw your toothpicks at you okay uh that and these were all like territory guys that at one time uh razor ramon was ludicrous we're just it really was, good but it was so fucking great it was, yeah. he was just so silly he was he was big scott hall in the awa then in wwe he was a cuban guy based on scarface who had this the word hey Ming. hey man and he was I'm the bad guy razor ramon <laughs> like it literally it was so it was a guy from Florida trying to sound ridiculously sure. cute. Oh, it's so bad. And he had his hair all goofy. And, he even had, I even love But he was awesome. Thing. I mean, he was like, you know, in the ring, he could wrestle. That was the thing. Yeah, There's yeah. so many guys that had like one match and went away. There was the Phantasm, which is a guy, he was like a magician who would do magic tricks. He took like the underwear off of the referee while the referee yep. was reffing. Man, so that must have right made there. him crazy mad. It must have been made him furious. Oh, could not. Oh, oh, so angry. Couldn't have been more mad. <laughs> Almost stopped the match. Almost stopped the Almost whole match. Was like we're done. We're done with. I need my. Then he just yelled. I love ref yelling. They always just point to a corner. Like they get, just, you get back to the corner. <laughs> there's get a lot yourself of this. There's to your a lot of shaking yeah. of the finger. You got to show the audience how how very upset at all the wrestlers you are. <laughs> and I also love the bad guy who refuses to start the match. Will dip his head out of the corner. The coward villain. But yeah. oh, get him back. Get well, him back to because if corner. he has any part of his body out of the ring, you can't start the the game. Or mm-hmm. it's kind of out of bounds. Yeah. Okay. And so if your legs are touching the ropes during a submission too that breaks the submission done yeah. oh. Like, get it, break oh that's right because they kept trying to scooch over to the side of the yep. always yep. trying to grab the ropes yep. always trying to get over so that you can get ring position you of... gotta know where you're at 
It's all about ring position. <laughs> yeah, they were. I think I remembered the jumping gym, like like the the mm-hmm. crusher and everybody. There would be like this whole thing where there was a lot of scooche. Uh, it was like, <laughs> yeah. how, how can I get my foot over the edge of the mat? And then they then the ref would break the hold. Is yes. that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Break the hold. Yep. And so so how long did it stay silly? It stayed silly really until. Uh, ECW, then when people what were like, ECW I remember when, for? I remember Extreme because it was championship wrestling. Okay. Cause by silly, we mean PG. So WWF okay. took G. it. Oh, it's G at that time. Now it it's G. back to PG. And then ECW came around. So a lot of true tough guy wrestling fans dipped into watching like tapes, ECW was R rated. Yeah. They would oh, swear like in their promos. Uh, there was blood everywhere. There was barbed Thumb wire tacks. matches. They would replace the ring ropes with barbed wires. They would do times. matches, and you could find them, and, and they're so great on YouTube. They're bloody. I don't like it. I love Jackie, it. I got to tell you. What Too he's dark. about to talk about, I don't like it. The bloody, yeah. when it gets real and people are falling off a of scaffolding and you really think they're dead, I don't like that side of wrestling. I like the silly. Okay. I and, like the goofy. And the and the barbed wire is real? I like the yes. Papa Shangos and the Tatankas and the gold dusts. Of, I like the goofballs. Is Now, it goes to ECW. Let, let me just, let me, sure. let, let me follow this train of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it goes into rated R and barbed wire and, and people getting hurt. But not WWF. Not, not yet. WWF and, is still existing in a PG world. Okay. And so there's and, so there's this whole indie world of ECW out of Philadelphia where like that's getting much darker. The hardcore fans dark. start to kind of outweigh the silly goofy PG fans and like Because they got tired of it. We were they, they you know people these are people who grew up on silly and rebelled against it and they wanted to love wrestling again and ECW played to that. They and, and they the brought Japanese in, got involved. They, they, Cuz the bas- yeah. those bastards they <laughs> want to see some doing, blood. Yeah. And over in Japan they were doing like landmine matches where people if you left the ring you would blow up. Yeah, Mick Foley's Stuff been like in a that. ton of those. And, and read his matches. books. Wait, should... wait. Like not really blow up. No. It would but be like a smoke it would be like but there were explosives and they would play in the ring. like they got blown up. Okay, like pyrotechnics were involved and there would be like like different But they were getting dangerously close to the pyrotechnics. <laughs> right, right. Fire was and touching skin. Right. Mick Foley had his ear torn off yeah. in a, in the ring. I mean, it, you know, it, there's it is, a famous it, the screenshot of him. Involved. There's a famous screenshot of him no, during his anybody. During Mick Foley and the Undertaker's famous This is jumping ahead a bit. This is during the Raw area. Well, let, let's not talk about that yet. Okay. cuz ECW uh, so much it, ground to come. Back. That's what I mean. It's like it's ridiculous. That's why I want to come uh, come back. You realize we're at an hour, but let's keep oh, going, John. Yeah. We're, we're not even. We've barely we'll see scratched you next the surface. Because, because we'll to me, the most important the most important thing is that you know the growth of it, where it became huge and it went global, and and he kind of cornered the market on wrestling, and he put the territories out of business. But then the thing about Vince McMahon was when he had control of it, he he would give into his baser instincts and do all those silly things. But then when he would see a challenger. He would always steal from them. Every, anything that was successful, he would swoop in and take it and make it his own. Okay. So ECW became this, uh, like I said, it was in a Philadelphia. Bit of a phenom. Yeah. And then they started to promote in other places and they brought, you know, they had Shane Douglas, they had Raven and they, and they, they had, you know, women that were naked. There's this, there's a Sable. famous clip. Yeah, uh, well, not Sable, but before that in ECW, oh, okay. that's yeah. what I'm saying. Before WWF even thought about it in ECW, they had like, there was a, <laughs> there was a Japanese valet named Kimono Wanalea. Ah, catchy, uh, catchy. And at one point, there was a, uh, there was a. Do you get it though? I do get it. Yeah. I do get it. I could write it out for you if you want me to <laughs> you underline it. Picture. I could break it up phonetically. Sure, it's nice. It's nice. Uh, <laughs> so there was a, uh, there was a famous match one time that in ECW was a, it was a card and the power went out. Okay. And so there was a delay. 
So Paul Heyman said to Kimona, he goes, you know what? Go strip at the top of the, at the stadium. And she did. She did a strip tease at the top of the stadium for like everybody to watch while they were trying to fix everything that had gone wrong. Okay. And it's, it's a famous, and it's so funny. They used to sell it later as the night Kimona stripped at ECW for ECW. And right, right. she didn't get completely naked. But she you got know, down to her underclothes. Pretty probably. really, yeah, 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 really close and covering her tits with her arm. Oh, she yeah. took uh, off her bra and covered her tits with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a towel. Okay. She had a towel oh, the whole time. Because again, okay. these chicks were just fucking strippers. Those chicks. Anyway, like, you know, uh, Beulah McGillicuddy was in fucking Penthouse. So she would be in the ring and, and, uh, right, there was a these fr- are, are these lady strip, are these lady wrestlers? They're or are valets they- or managers. Okay. Valets, they're they're yeah. arm candy. Arm yeah. candy. But then yeah. they would wind up getting, I mean, that was another thing in ECW. They would hit the women. Like it, would, it wasn't even a thing. If, if Beulah McGillicuddy got involved in they a match. Bumps, yeah. yeah, they would get blasted you know right, what i mean right. and well, there was and She's also power bombs and stuff you, just tell us, kind of you guys keep talking about getting jacked getting blasted yeah. and uh, i'm like that's a uh, hitting right yep. oh yeah that's, that's all forms of hitting that's all yeah. <laughs> that's how people call hitting yeah yeah they would yeah. Well, that can be, well he know. did you know tommy dreamer one time grabbed beulah uh um basically he put his hand like this in a claw and he grabbed her by the vagina Essentially. Oh, really? That was Just what grabbed that was, her crotch. Yeah, and, and, and again, Jack Hammer reminds you, I was not a fan of this era. Right. This seems inappropriate. It was a bit. ECW rough. fans would bring weapons. Right. They would bring weapons. I'm not yeah. lying. They would and, and in the middle of a match. Weed whack. It would go out to the floor. And one the one of the greatest fucking shots is a guy has a stop sign, a fucking stop sign, and he hands it to a dude, <laughs> and, he, and the guy turns around and just blasts a guy in the fucking head with it. It's just insane. They encourage this insanity. behavior. It was the greatest. It was the greatest to watch. Well, and I was in uh, I was in Chicago, and I you know I had no outlet for it. I had to get tapes and stuff from sure. people over the internet, mm-hmm. and then finally a local UHF station picked it up, and I would watch it every week. And it was just phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And, and what year is this? Uh, this is 95. Okay, mid 94. Okay. Yeah, it's with, the, with the pit bulls and, you know, Cronus and Saturn. And, and also, I should tell you this, it wasn't just junk wrestling. It wasn't Taz, just. Taz was t- big fucking of that Taz, time. Raven, and, and Rob Tommy Van Dreamer. Dam. They, what are, all of these guys. And these all these ECW guys, guys. Okay. The Sandman. All, oh. Uh, did he put Jack? you to sleep? Did he put you to sleep? Yeah, Sandman? he sure did. Sandman would enter from the top of the <laughs> arena yeah, to yeah. enter Sandman by Metallica, and he carried a kendo Carrying stick. A can- and, a and he would drink stick. a six pack of beer on the way to the ring. Yep. Uh, I wasn't a Sandman guy, but like Raven, and there's another thing. It wasn't just junk wrestling. These guys could actually. Who was your favorite? Wrestle. The Raven. I I loved Raven. I, I loved what all was the Raven could talk. I liked Sabu, uh, and the I, the only feud I liked at that time was Sabu and Rob Van Dam because they were really good, like high flyers. Sabu was amazing. He's a guy who destroyed his body in the ring. He, he that that's all the only Acrobatic reason I watched. Stuff yes. or, the only reason but I violent. watched ECW was to watch Sabu because he would do. Uh, planches, which is like you launch yourself from the springiness of the rope outside of the ring, and he would do planches just straight up into the audience. But they would bring oh, in like guys, body surfing? just no jump okay. from the ropes, get a good spring going, yeah. get, get momentum, get a nice run, bounce a couple times in the ring, yeah. and then leap yourself up under the rope. Use the springiness and the momentum to just launch yourself into the audience, where the bad guy was probably around in the area somewhere. So, but he would land on people in the audience. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. then they would, would they catch in. him? Yeah, because they would, it was this they were, real community Everyone was spirit. involved, yeah. The fans were so into it. And every week, because there was a guy named Sign Guy, and he would sit in the front row every every time they were in Philadelphia, every time, every match. They would, they had this group of people who were, would just go together. Right. And they supported it. was a real grassroots thing. Sure. Uh, and they would bring in names. You know, that's the thing is, Paul Heyman is a genius. Paul Heyman changed wrestling. All right. Paul still Heyman, around, still being a genius. Well, he's a monster. He, he's, he's amazing. He, and so now, but now he works for Vince McMahon. Yeah. Okay. But, and that's what I'm saying is Vince McMahon was smart because he would go ahead and steal everything. You know, Paul Heyman invented, he and Todd Gordon invented ECW. Okay. And, uh, and they saw the niche for violent, 
aggressive action along with amazing wrestling because they would bring in guys from Japan. They would bring in bigger names that were on the outs. They brought in Mick Foley. They made Mick Foley. Okay. Mick Foley was a guy who'd been around forever as Cactus Jack and all these different things, but he was always kind of in the ghetto of WCW. He would never get into the top echelon of fighting the real guys. Well, then he went to ECW and they let him do what he wanted. He would cut these promos. He, he, he and Mikey Whipwreck became a thing. And, and uh, again, I'm fucking babbling, but I'm he, loving every second of it. Well, he would right. cut these promos. Like, you can find these on YouTube. The, the, the Mick Foley promos about, there's a, there's a famous promo about his son that he gives. And they would give, they would, they would give wrestlers like seven minutes to talk. They wouldn't just limit to them. I'm coming to the Civic Arena and I'm going to beat you up, man. They would let them kind of explore who they were as people. And that's where Steve <laughs> Austin, it's important. Yeah. It was yeah. really important because it made people care. Okay. It made people care about who they were. And so when you had guys who were good at it, like McFoley, like Steve Austin, like fucking Brian Pillman, who really changed everything. Brian Pillman was a guy who was known as Flying Brian Pillman. Yeah. And he was I a thought the guy. ECW guy changed everything. Well, that's what I'm saying is Brian Pillman then came into ECW and adapted to what they were doing. Brian Pillman changed it for the larger organizations, okay? Because he was in WCW and he had always kicked around as like a mid-card blonde But who was guy. the guy who, who got stolen there. by... But I'm getting there. There's no way, though, because you're telling five <laughs> stories at once uh, and but I'm I, so but fucking that's lost. that's what I do. I will wrap it up, I promise. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to stay in the mix. I'm trying to know what you're talking about. I got... I, Mickey Whipwreck, I know him. Yeah. I mean, Brian... Brian, right. Brian Pillman. Yeah. Brian Pillman was in WCW and he wanted out because he was being used poorly. He wasn't respected by the guys who ran the industry, uh, the, that organization, so he started to do things shoot style, like we talked about, where you can do things in the ring that you're no, not I supposed to do. No, I remember what that is. Okay. Right. So Pillman started to do that in WCW. At, mo- at one point, as a matter of fact, he was supposed to fight Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan was the booker. I love Kevin Sullivan. You're putting the microphone down. I get that. I apologize. No, I'm going to go get my mail. Oh, wow. <laughs> you go. Uh, yeah. Tell I'm here. I'm with you. you. Are you with me? Yeah. All right. Literally, Jackie just left. Her own podcast. No, she did. She put the microphone down and went I've, outside. I've listened to the show where she's done this before. I was, uh, I was ready. But for your mail's going to gonna be there at the end of it. Why would you leave? <laughs> Everybody fucking leaves. This happened on my show this week. People leave. <laughs> I don't get it. I have abandonment issues. Take a chair. <laughs> you keep tell tell me the thing is is um. So we got the guy. We got the guy who is running the thing, and then so he. You could goes not over. be less interested. That's I know. I'm totally interested. <laughs> but the thing is, is I'm 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 lost between ECW. And... I'm making the connection. I promise you. Well, no, I and I told you to He's keep going. It. Okay. I don't understand what happened. Well, you had to get a fucking catalog from Trader Joe's out of your mailbox. <laughs> That's what happened. Right. And the thing is, is it doesn't stop you, That's right? Fine. All now right. the phone's going to ring. I'm going to go answer of it. Of course you are. And hang it up. And that'll be someone saying, <laughs> is he done with ECW yet? <laughs> yeah. It's ECW. It's I'm an really ECW fan I'm really hoping for a calling. check. That's what I'm saying here. Pillman, basically, in WCW, he started to do shoot things, and they didn't understand how to deal with it in WCW because no one had ever shot there before okay. on camera. Right. Uh, Kevin Sullivan booked himself in a feud with Brian Pillman. Kevin Sullivan was the booker and also a wrestler. Yeah. So okay. he respected that guy because he could basically make or break you. He could put you in shitty matches if you wanted to. Right. So he was in a feud with Kevin Sullivan and they were in an I quit match. Okay. And basically you fought until somebody said I quit. That was okay. the whole point. Well, they get in the ring. They're about to start. It's on pay-per-view and Brian Pillman slides out of the ring and says, I quit booker, man. So shoots completely. Tells breaking, everybody, breaking everybody on camera that that's the booker of everything. And then, uh, he, and goes over to Bobby Heenan and grabs Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan and Bobby Heenan on the air goes, what the fuck are you doing? Because yeah. nobody knew how to deal with that. Yeah. Right. So then Pillman was fired from WCW and then he shows up in ECW mm-hmm. and he's the first real star from the bigger organizations to come and 
and give the rub to the smaller organization. What's the yeah. rub? Uh, uh, Putting shining them over. a light on shining it. Yeah, yeah, helping. Okay, like helping giving them, them some 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 run, some okay. uh, you know legitimacy. Got it. So he shows up in ECW, and now he's the loose cannon. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. He starts swearing. He's freaking out. He turns. He even turned. They're there. They played it as, "Hey, look, we got Brian Pillman, and it's so awesome because he told those guys to fuck themselves." Well, then he told ECW to fuck themselves and all the fans to fuck themselves. And they're like, "No, you're our hero. You told them to fuck themselves." Well, yeah, fuck you. I don't like anybody. And so he fought in ECW for a while, and then that's when Vince McMahon kind of saw ECW getting all this this publicity and this run, and he went and he got Steve Austin, and he took Steve Austin from them, and he took yeah. Brian Pillman from them, and it became the WWE. Did they do a run where Brian Pillman was trying to shoot Steve Austin that with a gun? Eventually, Brian Pillman was going to uh, Steve Austin broke into his house, and there was a gun involved. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is WWF then became the Attitude Era? Boom. They saw what ECW was doing, and they went from silly. To hardcore, yeah, okay. and they started to have women be naked in the ring. Yeah. Like they had, you they know, took guys that I loved, like Papa Shango, who was like a voodoo, goofy voodoo priest, and they turned him into the Godfather, who was essentially a pimp. And on the way down the ring, he brought his hoe train, which was a bunch of hoes who would <laughs> come down train. and phone form the hoe train. <laughs> so they would take these goofy, silly guys and turn them into raw, uh, more hardcore, uh, more rated R characters. Okay, but uh, and then wasn't the- Heenan in? The thing that Pillman left? Yes. And so um, Vince – Heenan was not part of the – then Took him Heenan. back. No, no. Heenan was – this was after Heenan had had his run in WWF. Okay. So now he's in WCW. Okay. There was a, a big split. WCW and WWF now starting in the Attitude Era were major competitors with each other. Like okay. were, were and really fighting for the ring. And and the other one was run by Vince? Yeah. Heenan didn't run anything. He was no. an announcer. Okay. Eric Bischoff was the guy who came in and. and but were they in two different things? Yes. yes. WCW was owned by Ted Turner and was like just a, basically a uh, his attempt to get into the wrestling game. But there was a time when they were even in the ratings and equal competition. When WWF wasn't the big gun, there was two big guns. There were, you had two Night choices Wars to started. watch. There was, okay. there was Monday Night Monday Raw Night Wars and Monday yeah. Night Nitro because WCW decided to counter-program Raw. Okay. And they took money and they did what Vince did. They stole guys from Vince. Yeah. They okay. brought in Kevin Nash. They brought in Scott Hall, but they did it smart. They didn't just bring them in as, you know, oh, look, we've got Kevin Nash now. Uh, Kevin Nash walked onto the set one day in street clothes. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what the fuck are you doing here? And well, they call them the outsiders. Yeah, they were the outsiders. They had come from WWF to show WCW what fucking real wrestling was about. <sighs> Even though behind the scenes, of course, it was all of work. Right. But – they, Scott Hall and, cause they weren't, they were no longer Razor Ramon and Diesel. Mm-hmm. They came on as Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, their just real names. The dudes, yeah. And, uh, and they just wreaked havoc. Wow. On, on WCW. Yeah. Okay. And, and so it was this invasion, this reverse invasion. And then, and that's what we were talking about ECW invasion earlier. Yeah. Because eventually Vince McMahon always wins. So after the Monday Night Wars, uh, Vince outlasted them and he took everything he could and he, he, he was then, Bought WCW. Bought ECW. He bought WCW. Mm-hmm. And on Monday night, uh, Shane McMahon walked onto Nitro and said, uh, you guys just got purchased. <laughs> yeah. We, we just bought you. It was all, work. again, it was all the work, right. but it was incredibly crazy that it, it was, it was, if- and everybody was on board and they were like, we want to see, well, the there drama. was a time that was the one time when I was like, so I'm in like high school at the time, fully realizing that it's fake and just enjoying the entertainment, the attitude era. But that night when the Monday night roars is coming to a close and you, you really didn't know what was going to happen. Like you knew Vince McMahon was purchasing his competition, but the whole thing where WWF people were just going on to that show and announcing, like talking about how the last one, Shane McMahon is talking about how he's And you knew that now. these were different teams. Yeah. We, we all knew. The, the, the thing was. It was like, these guys play for that, the WWF. These guys play for the WWE. Right. Or and whatever. when WCW yeah. was fighting WCW. with WWF and they were neck and neck and WCW actually was winning for like over a year and a half. 
half in the okay. ratings. Uh, that's when Vince was scrambling and trying to do they anything. They were and better that's, for a while. I watched yeah. – during the Attitude but, Era, I didn't like all the hardcore stuff. I loved it. And I would switch over to WCW because they were scooping up international talent like Lucha guys and Japanese right. guys. And you would see dudes like Rey Mysterio fight Chris Jericho and have like hour-long, insanely good – crazy technical matches with lucha style and flipping and submissions and that i thought at that time the better wrestling was at wcw but at the top of the organization the problem was these guys all had money and got full of themselves so they let kevin hall and scott nash uh kind of run the show do whatever the fuck they wanted okay so then all of a sudden hulk hogan uh was there and then hulk hogan turned into a bad guy and then he aligned himself with hall and nash because hollywood hulk hogan was born yeah and and, okay and, and the thing is that is that is notoriously what superstars in wrestling will do is they will chase the the important and they'll latch themselves onto whatever's doing well. There's the a big guy named thing. Yeah. Triple H in, in WWE is a great example of that now. Whatever's whatever's happening, you know he's going to inject himself in it at yeah. some point because he has to be involved. Okay. Um and so that's what Hogan did, but he involved himself in the NWO, which was the New World Order, which was totally fucking Dennis great Rodman and cool. Was involved with that's that. but that's when it went to shit. Is they started bringing in these dudes. Carl Carl Malone fought Dennis Rodman like NBA guys. With Jay just, Leno in his corner like it, it got stupid. So <laughs> stupid. But because, stupid but funny. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, but just over- that thing where you're going, why are you doing this? What you're, yeah. you know. But it cracked popular culture. NWO was like the first thing that was like everyone was getting in on it, and like talk shows, late night talk shows were getting in on it. They were on uh, the Rock was uh, hosting SNL, and so this was when the big popular. This is when WWE late was 90s? at its most popular. Yeah, late nineties. Okay. The Rock and the Rock and Steve Austin and McFoley and those. Guys, the Rock was again. We haven't even touched on him, and he may be the most important wrestler who ever lived. Yeah. I mean, it just he crossed over I think in such that a way. The, the probably five most important of the Attitude Era was the entities of it was the Stone Cold Steve Austin Vince McMahon. Uh, feud that probably much mm-hmm. went throughout all. It was very much uh, the working man wrestler versus the owner of the organization feud, and it was like a fuck you, I do what you want, I'm the boss feud. It was amazing. He would drive like beer trucks down to the ring and water everybody down with beer, Stone- would steal things, would drive over people's cars who, and monster who trucks. Watered the audience? Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin. Austin. Steve Austin would drive a beer truck to the, oh, yeah. in, well, and drive it. Well, yes. no, no, obviously it was written, but <laughs> but what do you mean, yes? <laughs> Nobody. Well, because it's, it's, it's ludicrous. I know what you're going there. to say. They're yeah. children. Yeah. There, right? I mean, really. in just... Detroit, I saw I, I I saw him live take the the Detroit Red Wings Zamboni and drive it out of the building. Yeah. Okay, that's good time. He would just take stuff, but but he would just <laughs> so Steve Austin would just take stuff and he wreaked havoc. He ran roughshod. He was just he was just riding roughshod over the whole thing. He did, he and, the, and the boss didn't like it. You're exactly. fired. You're fired. You're but he was fired. constantly like, getting gets fired. Free beer. Yeah. Steve Austin's and a great example of another that's guy. Awesome. He was a bad guy. Yeah. Who got yeah, himself loved. over by talking? Okay. Because he and I still remember the moment i saw it he he was in a feud with jake the snake roberts who we've talked about and at the time jake the snake roberts was oh, yeah. he had, he was a bible the king guy. of the ring tournament uh, this and, was king of the ring tournament 99 and he became for some reason jake the snake roberts found god and that was his whole thing was he would you know he would talk about you know john 316 and all that so uh so steve austin beat his ass at this pay-per-view and he went up to uh, and he was being interviewed because mm-hmm. he just won the king of the ring tournament and he starts on this promo and i remember i was mesmerized by it and he even said you know you walk around here and you thump your bible and you talk about your john 316 well austin 316 says i just whipped your ass yeah right. and and then austin 316 next, was and then born. there's a t-shirt and then they sell millions of them because right. Austin 316 and people, again, he's a bad guy, but the second he gave that promo, you heard people cheering 
Right. Uh, who they were because they just because it was so undeniably good. The charisma like, was un- like, you couldn't stop. That's it. awesome. You couldn't stop it. What he just said is awesome. It's like rock. It doesn't even make any sense. No. Right. But it's there's awesome. no such thing as Austin 360. Ah, well, but no, how awesome now. is that? It was great. But it's great. But it's one of those moments in language in in a promo where you just go, "That's fucking magic." That's magic. Made it up on the moment because because there's no there's a lot of it. Yeah. Because that time they really let you kind of just go. That was when they let guys explore. Like I said, Vince got smart and saw the the benefits to letting guys who could do it yeah. take a small part of themselves and make it large yeah mm-hmm. and then there was a, a a group or a stable if you will called uh degeneration x which was a group that consisted of uh triple h sean michaels who we haven't even talked about yet yeah, exactly the showstopper sean michaels mr wrestlemania uh and then the tag team the new age outlaws uh badass billy gunn and the road dog jesse james they were dx and In they China. And China was the first like female muscle of a group. She was like a bodybuilding female, huge lady. Who fought guys. Who protected a group of guys, basically. It was crazy. She was Weird. written to protect a group of guys. Yeah. Well, sure. But she I was mean, the bodyguard of a group of wrestlers. So how intimidating is that? <laughs> <laughs> and they, their whole thing was... Was they, Joss Whedon involved? <laughs> Probably. And their whole thing was being inappropriate. So they would just straight up make fun of other factions. They even went so far as wearing blackface to make fun of the... Uh, the Nation of Domination, which was the Rocks group at one time. They weren't afraid of racism. In, nope. in, when, at the Attitude Area, did everything. Like <laughs> wrestling said, has never been afraid and, of no, racism. not at all. Are you there was a, There it's was a groups called the Head Shrinkers. There was a group called the Orient Express. There was yeah. a group that Kamala was an African headhunter. There was the Great Kabuki who spit the mysterious green mist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was the devious Mr. The green Fuji mist. and Mr. Saito. Yeah. A lot Japanese, of racism. you were going to be devious. So were, were any of these people, are there any, is, is there anyone in, fighting who is Asian, who is black? Or is it all just a bunch of white guys? No, no, no. no well, no, I mean, no. Rock's black. When you when they find out when Vince McMahon is finds the rock out, black? Yeah. No, he's Samoan. Half and and half. half. He's half and half. Okay. I, 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 his ancestry and I. Uh, all I know is he's really funny. Everything, everything he does, he makes better. He's ridiculous. He's yeah. so one of those good. guys. that's... yeah. I mean, so, a lot of things are yeah. crap that he does, but whatever he's in, he makes better. The, the, yeah. He can't fix it, <laughs> but he <laughs> makes whatever he does better. Right. But yeah, but there are there are black wrestlers and there are Asian wrestlers and stuff. I mean, but a lot of them unfortunately get uh, they're not headliners because they have a specialty or they specialize in something. I mean, yeah. there was a Booker T. They get stereotyped. Uh, there yeah. was the Harlem Heat. Well, there was, Yokozuna, who was a sumo wrestling character, was actually a Samoan guy, not at all Japanese. He was just a big Samoan guy that they right. said was Japanese. Right. And he, but he was just a large, and they put him in a sumo outfit. Right, Called right. it a day. <laughs> he was Yokozuna. Sure. And, and then it, there was like a barbarian. A uh, barbarian was just kind of like a guy from an island, Tonga. right? Tonga. There yeah. was a lot of. There's a a, a big uh, Samoan tradition in wrestling. A lot of Samoans wrestle. Right. Even currently, there's the Usos, who are two Samoan twin brothers, who fight. Fraternal twins or identical? <laughs> identical. Identical. <laughs> I knew you would know. They tell them apart by their tattoos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because her mom couldn't tell them <laughs> without the tats. Mm. It's uh, all right. So then, so we're in ninety nine. We're in ninety nine. Not two thousand. What what happened? We got we had twelve, thirteen more years. Let's do this. Oh, seriously? Yeah. What the heck? Uh, um, okay. So the Attitude Era. 
What, uh, when did that sort of wane out? When did that start to go away? Once again, once they bought WCW, uh, Vince has always done better when he's had a competitor. Okay. An actual competitor that he can fight against and program against. Oh, d- does he, does he sort of, does he sort of weed off if he's, if he's king of the hill? Kind of. Yes. Yeah. Cause now it's, they've been coasting for so long. Their competition right now is called TNA and it's not even, but it's not even, really competition. You don't even know. It's non-competition. What no. does it stand for? TNA. Uh, total nonstop action. Okay. Wrestling. <laughs> and they are trying their darn just Hawk Hogan's over there trying to help him out. Ric Flair was doing some stuff with them for a while. They got some big older names. What yeah. about uh, mixed martial arts people? That is, that is okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, that came in. <laughs> well, that's where they okay. lost. During, that's where, yeah. Here's what's happening. Now you're talking. Jackie. That that does kind of bring us. They started bringing in towards the end of the Attitude Era. They would bring in your Ken Shamrocks and your Dan the Beast Severns, and those guys were just kind of shoot characters they came in as themselves and were just these dangerous mma guys and they got roped into being uh wrestling characters but they were never like they weren't characters they were just kind of themselves and do you remember dan uh who was um who was the lethal weapon steve blackburn steve blackburn blackman blackman yeah. yeah. So there was, yeah. They, so he, he, those worlds collided at one time. Yeah. Once Vince saw that starting to get some traction, he decided to go and get Ken Shamrock and build him as the world's most dangerous man who he basically took from the world of mixed martial arts. Yeah. Um, and so he, with a nod to them as a possible competitor, he went ahead and incorporated a little of that stuff. Well, now the UFC is actually bigger than WWE in, in so, pay-per-view. Yeah. Okay. And so that's, but he doesn't see them as a real competitor because he, they, you know, they, they're an entertainment company and the UFC sees themselves as a sports company. Yeah. So, and Dana White, who runs the UFC, proclaims he, Vince McMahon is a genius. We have no beef with him whatsoever. We yeah. think we, we would love to do and have the success that he's had. And the only right. guy now that goes back and forth is Brock Lesnar. He is he, an yeah, MMA guy that goes, but he started out in wrestling. He was a WWE guy. Well, he was a college wrestler. He, you know, he won the national title in college. And Just okay. He's a, a when he, again, he's another one. When he first ran into the ring, cause I had always heard about him. He was in the developmental territories. And they're like, well, when Lesnar shows up, it's going to change everything. Well, I was watching Raw one night. This is before they lost me. And, uh, Lesnar comes out of the, out of the fucking audience and F5, which is his move is an F5, which basically puts a guy on his shoulders and he spins him and drops him on his fucking face. Fireman's and, uh, carry. Starts in a fireman's carry. Yeah. And then just fucking flips him and drops him. Yeah. Wow. Well, Lesnar hit the <laughs> ring, but Lesnar, Lesnar is 6'3", 280. Yeah. And m- all muscle. At, Cause he's roided out of his mind. Yeah. And, uh, and he fucking takes his shirt off and he has a skull tattoo on his back that's like tattoo the entire of a size. sword on his front. Well, that, that wasn't there the yet. Way, but that okay. wasn't there yet. He had, this, he, yeah, <laughs> he had the tattoo of this, uh, just a skull on his back. Full, yeah. full back tattoo. Like Punisher skull? Uh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But, but more of a, but with no bottom jaw. Like even okay. scarier looking. Wow. And he just, he fucking F5's guy and he's standing in the ring and he's just doing that thing with his neck because his neck is fucking as big as your thigh. Yeah. And he's doing that thing where he rolls his head and he looks around just mean and you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Awesome. <laughs> changes everything and then he's a Paul Heyman guy you know again because Paul Heyman knows Paul Heyman himself. comes in and starts managing him and yeah. now he's got a mouthpiece now Paul Heyman's the best mouthpiece in wrestling and Brock Lesnar probably can't cut a promo to save his life okay so now they team him up with a mouthpiece and that's when you get so that's when he's that's in the whole package he's doing that. but that's then, what they did with Sauron they've got a mouthpiece <laughs> of Sauron and that it really it really brought his game up <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so go. Um, yeah. So yeah, so so Lesnar's there, and then Lesnar goes over to MMA, and he becomes the UFC heavyweight champion. He actually winds up winning that. And is the UFC 
Is that real? It is real. Yes. It is absolutely real. That's and that's another thing. Is there's, there's a big thing with fans of wrestling and the UFC. Like, I, I loved wrestling as a kid, and then I loved it even more during the Attitude Area because, again, it was violent. But that, that's – because that's my main appeal. I love violence. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then when it Who went back it? to uh, – yeah, sure. Yeah, I love yeah. chaos and violence. <laughs> um, so I – He just threw a chair through Jackie's wall. <laughs> yeah. This second Civil War is really going to trick you. You're going to be psyched. <laughs> I don't know. who. I just hit people. I don't care who's in, <laughs> get in my way. Um so I yeah I I uh so they lost me you know once I saw UFC yeah uh, as a, you know my friend worked he was you know at a dojo training and then he got a tape of it and he brought yeah. it home and we watched it we're like you're fucking joking what is this, this is real it's real yeah yeah so it was essentially mm-hmm. wrestling come to life I was so into it right and uh and so wrestling helped nothing for me are there personalities in UFC too uh no it's a bunch of muscle heads but who it's watch real. their diet no it's yeah, just yeah. real dudes just guys with names and they but, but they have fighting charisma Anderson yeah. Silva has fighting charisma you know okay. what I mean guys like Leota Machida has a fighting charisma although someone say it's an anti charisma but I love what he does right right um and there like are guys boxers, who like old time boxers yeah B J Penn they're they're actual fighters. Okay. And, and you respect their ability to do that more so than their ability on the microphone. Mm-hmm. But there's a guy named Chael Sonnen who is uh, who has, with his mouth, made himself an MMA star. Because he basically chased Anderson Silva all over the place. And he is influenced by superstar Billy Graham, who is a wrestler from the WWF in the 70s. Oh, yeah. okay. And who also influenced Hulk Hogan immeasurably. Do you want a little insider? Word on the street is he's been training with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He might be making a dip into the wrestling world. Who, Sonnen? Yeah, yeah, because you because can't he can be, talk, because he can talk, he can totally because, be like the next Roddy Roddy Piper if they really packaged him right, because he can talk. Right, but it, it you know what it brings a little hollow in 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 UFC, uh, because he'll do it, and to a certain extent you're you're like you can do that, okay. Mm-hmm. But here's the difference in WWE, um, they control your outcome. Right. Yeah. So if UFC, you come in and you talk a, a raft of shit. Right. And then you get your ass beat. <laughs> right. Uh, the next time you start talking shit, everybody's like, I'm not listening to you. I'm you not got listening your ass to you kicked. because you get yeah. your hat handed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happened. He ta- I do a hat handed. You know, that talk- just happened analogy. to Anderson Silva because he doesn't right. talk a lot. No, but, but he does like, uh, gesturous type stuff in the ring like where he'll put his hand down and uh, he's unbeatable ask you to beat him and some dude just knocked him out it, well he caught him with a punch absolutely yeah. and because he put his arms down and he was he was yeah. road dogging he was him he was shucking yeah, yeah. and yeah. jiving that's what out. he was doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, he should have been stepping and fetching uh, <laughs> if he's going to be shucking and ju- what and, okay so but so Sonnen talked a ton of the, the, the appeal of Chael Sonnen was he talked a ton of shit to, uh, to Anderson Silva and then beat him up for four and a half rounds, right? Yeah. which was great, but then right. he lost on a triangle in the last 30 seconds. Yeah. And Ooh. you're just like, so it was still legitimate. Like he still talked shit and still backed it up. Okay. But then uh, he then talked shit about Anderson Silva. You never really legitimately beat me. All that bullshit that you do in wrestling. And then he got beat in the first round. He got earned in the second round. He got kneed in the chest and got fucking bit. So yeah. now, now he still talks shit, but you're like, dude, it doesn't, it doesn't matter it's anymore. very hard yeah uh, in wrestling you can do that. that yeah in wrestling you can absolutely do that because you can deny outcomes and all that sort of stuff but in, yeah. in reality if you get your ass kicked it doesn't work so that's why it rings hollow in the ufc mm-hmm. right so he of course he'll segue to wrestling because a it saves your body you know what i mean i mean you, you're still putting wear and tear and doing athletic stuff but in wwe you're not taking the beating you do in, in ufc yeah. well you, you are because you're doing it every night so right. it's different it's a yeah. different right. kind of beating so post attitude era they did try to do like more legitimate stuff in wrestling, they brought a guy in named Kurt Angle, who was a legitimate Gecko Roman uh, gold medalist from the Olympics. They huh. turned him into a great wrestling and character. Kurt Angle, uh, ECW wanted Kurt Angle, and they brought him to the ECW arena, and he watched the matches with the blood and the craziness, and went, "I would never, fucking never. do this." Right, right decision, right decision. And then for he him. Up in WWF. Yeah, yeah. 
and they uh, turned him into a great wrestling heel, and then later, like he got over with the fans, right? He was a well, good he could guy talk too. That was another thing. Talk. If you can talk, you're gonna it's gonna work out for you. And then and he was an Olympic level wrestler too, so he could do anything. Kurt Angle was amazing. Yeah, and, and there was, was this whole era of, like he would wear shirts and he would say stuff like "It's real, it's damn real," and say like "Wrestling is real. This is mm-hmm. all real, mm-hmm. and I take this very seriously, and this is my life. It's not goofy. It's not silly." So that was the era that I kind of checked out because yeah, so I, again, I love. I love the goof. I love when you can tell it's stupid. When it's written, like the is man, it stupid again? the mantars and the doinks of the world. That's why I love it now because it is. It's they it's do. a They're... mix now. It's a mix of real and stupid. And I love the stupid guys like Damien Sandow, who's the savior of the masses. He's a genius character. Wears a robe. And then there's the funka de- the the funkasaurus, who's this, this That's big horrendous, giant. Though. That is awful. Di- come on, it's great. No, funkasaurus is terrible. It's Safe just a big space. dude who dances. It's, it's just like so bad. Santino is funny. Fandango, who's a, a Fandango's hilarious. He's a Dancing with the Stars dancer who is now wrestling in the WWE. How uh, great is that? It's and just does ridiculous. he dance around? Oh, you bet he does. Mesmerize you with you his bet dancing. He does. He, right. fan, his dance is called the Fandango, and now he's got the whole audience Fandango. But another thing sure. is, he he will also a come to the ring, this. and then he will refuse to fight a guy, and that I which I is the that. best. And that's a serious throwback <laughs> to the stuff when I was a kid. You know, well, you right? hated so, that shit, but now when but it's no, done, see one guy do it. Yeah. One guy do it, that's fine, but yeah. there was a ton of fucking idiots doing it, it was terrible. Yeah. And then you got, uh, Santino Morello, who's an Italian guy, doesn't have a firm grasp on the language, but what he does have is a hand puppet, uh, that's a snake, but that's his finishing move, and he puts a hand puppet into a snake, and then his hand, he really thinks is a snake, and he attacks you with the snake. That's how stupid it is right now. Again, it's, stupid uh, is, there's a clip and a, on YouTube. His bad guy actually English tamed the s- first. No. Oh. Like he calls he calls John Cena John Chena like he mispronounced like comedically mispronounces everybody's right, name right right it's a it's, it's you talk about the pizza yeah, yeah. It's a, a lot of that's a, a lot of that guy, guy. and I'm, then he's got a snake puppet he's got that, a snake uh, puppet the bad guy mesmerized the snake is that what uh, he just fought Jinder Mahal who uh, is from India so of course he knows oh, how to charm snakes sure, he, had a, he, had he literally had the flute. <laughs> Not a joke. Not that a happened. joke. Look it up. It's the most ridiculous thing they've tried in wrestling. And some writer was mm. like, "Please let us do it." Yeah. Well, on WWF, but on WWF, you, you've seen the the the, mesmer- the hypnotism the, thing. Oh, that's what you're talking about. The, I think there's earlier. a clip yeah. on YouTube. It's it's uh, the best thing I've ever I don't even seen know their wrestling. names. And I don't even know the organization. But it's no. these two dudes. It's like a it's like a high school gymnasium situation. They're independent circuit. Uh, and they come out and hypnotize their opponents by one jumps onto the other guy and does like a snake wave. And, and then that the opponents freeze. You, and that and puts you wobble. into a trance. And then they, they make you do whatever you want. They make you break dance. It was <laughs> they just, make you dance. And the best part is the announcers are just like, what is going on? What is happening? You they can't do this. They have to try to treat it like it's something. It's something. This right? is illegal. It's illegal in every rule Turn book. off the cameras. I you cannot that, do this. I swear there was another guy. There was some guy from India who wore a turban, like a Sikh turban, not a not an Arabic turban, back in the 70s, who was a hypnotist, who would show up and it would be spooky eyes at the dude. And then the then he would just like, he's tricked him. He's tricked oh, him. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way that this is fair. This is not in the rule books, ladies and gentlemen. This is not okay. <laughs> and then, oh my God, he knocked him down. He's pinning him. The ref doesn't know. The yeah. ref doesn't. I think you're. Um, I think you're talking about like either Akbar or um, <laughs> who is the guy possible. who would put forks in his wrestling stuff. He was a big, huge, just beat up dude. Had Abdullah a, the butcher. Abdullah the butcher. <laughs> Abdullah the Butcher. He literally had a fork that he carried. There's been a Wikipedia. (laughs) There's been a handful of guys who legitimately scared me when I was a kid. Abdullah the Butcher terrified me. I couldn't watch his matches. That Mm -hmm. guy was so scary to me. Mm -hmm. Undertaker, when they first rolled him out at uh, Survivor Series in like 97, the Undertaker, his handler, 
uh, Paul Bearer terrified me. He was this guy. I actually met him later in, uh, he was managing a guy, a buddy of mine right before he passed away here in California in a lower level, uh, situation. He was the manager of this guy named Sean Ricker, who's now, uh, you in, the, scared in me development. When I was a kid? Nixon. Maybe <laughs> all fuck, but no. But Paul our- Bearer came out with a mm-hmm. uh, with uh, an urn with the Undertaker, sure. And then Kane hit the scene. Who Paul was Undertaker's Bearer? long His name lost was Paul. brother, Paul. Paul Bearer. Bearer. But that's sorry. the thing is like, do you I get it? As a kid, you saw them. get it. As a kid, you saw them and you were scared. But I, I knew the Undertaker was Mean Mark Callis. Yeah, who I had seen from before, and I knew okay. Paul Bearer was. I'm so Percy glad Pringle. I didn't have that okay. knowledge. So I knew I'm so glad I didn't go into it with that knowledge. Now you because to me he was just yeah. Right, no, <laughs> no, now I can go back and, and but, but now, timeline like, everything. But, every, but everybody you see now that you knew when you were a kid, because you're like, oh, yeah. oh, that guy used to be that guy. And so I, I'm not, no, I'm not yeah, ever going to be intimidated not, by that guy. I'm no longer a mark. Like, right. I'm no longer the kid that's and like, now, oh, my God, the Undertaker is really a dead guy that they took out of a grave and taught him how to wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> that's you were what a, he you, is. You were a very young You were child. a mark. You were, <laughs> you were a, a mark. tiny, <laughs> tiny mark. Uh, here's my question. What about – um? The up and coming. So you said that 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 you're you're the guy on the street for the up and coming. I got my eye on a lot of people. You gotta um, like. Are are you going to like? Is there like an open? Like mic? I just said, Sean Ricker. Uh, yeah, there is an open mic of wrestling. It's of called wrestling. the Independent Circuit. But there's different levels of the Independent Circuit. It can all go all the way to, in uh, California. There's a few really fun one that I like to go to is called Pro Wrestling Gorilla PWG, and they do crazy stuff. Their fans they are love nuts. an acronym. It's very yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very low. Uh, Look, it's, wrestlers love language, and they love yeah. any sort of thing to do with letters. Yeah. So <laughs> some of my letters favorite indie, huh. indie guys that I'm really hoping will break and be bigger stars is there's. Um, uh, Colt Cabana, Colt Cabana is one of my favorites. Colt Cabana. He, he has a Colt huge Cabana. podcast. You should have him on here. He was on Honestly. my podcast. I, I met him in Chicago and he did my podcast. I was very excited. All right. He was like the only wrestler I've ever had on my pod, on my, on okay. Town. Okay. Uh, Sean Ricker, who is a guy, he's now in the development. He's, I don't think you've seen him on NXT television yet. He's pre-development development. But, um, I love, uh, Dean Ambrose, who and the Shield. Now you got the Shield, who are a bunch of young guns. Yeah, they're great. Uh, Dean Ambrose. They got me back in. Where, now, where do you see him? If are you going? They alive? got me back in. Well, I the Shield got you back read, in. Well, oh, I've that's read, cool. I've read the Wrestling Observer. I read it uh, online. I don't subscribe. There's a. It's a, yeah. a Dave Meltzer is a okay. the kingpin of wrestling dirt sheets and information. They called it a dirt sheet, but whatever. But he uh, he is the Wrestling Observer. But it's news. Yeah, and every day okay. he put up a news thing. So I would always follow along, okay. even though I stopped watching. Right. Um, but I, but CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and The Shield got me back into actually watching. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll just tape it and I fast forward through everything else and just watch those guys. Oh, you're and missing now, out. And Where the are they Wyatt, missing out? The Wyatt family, too. Are these the guys Wyatt that, family. Bray Wyatt, I was going to say, he's amazing. You know, but, but then he's they, back where, to, where's it airing? It's like, on oh, USA it's on, Network. It's, it's on USA. Oh, okay. It's Every Monday night, there's Monday Night Raw, and then they have SmackDown, Smackdown as well, and then they have that Saturday NXT morning. NXT on thing. Wednesdays. They have Saturday morning Slam for little kids. Yeah. Which I don't. I'm not a kid. And then TNA is on Spike and, and all that stuff. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's it's huge. It's still monstrous. It's easily accessible. So uh, yeah, the Wyatt family is this new thing that just showed up, and a and an example of legitimately terrifying. Like I could see little kids being actually scared of these guys because he did like, promos in the in the. Swamps. They're backwoods. Like, do you watch Justified? I have seen it. Yes. Yeah, they're but like he talks like a preacher. He's, okay. he's that guy. They're like guy. that. It's like a backwoods cult leader. guy. But again, he's he's Mike Rotunda's son. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. literally, you're like this guy. Was there's other Rotundas. work. Who there's was IRS? <laughs> like Rotunda was IRS. Irwin R. Scheister. Yes, he was. Do you hear it? He was an IRS That's not racial at all. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So, but so, but the thing is, is those guys are all. So they're in development for what? To move to WWF? They're in WWF now. Well, they're now. in WWF now. now. The, the guys I'm talking guys. about, he's the, the younger guys, he's really, because like the Shield got just got recently called up this year. Just okay. got called up. Oh, from like the minors when you get Essentially, called up yeah. to some. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. But D- Dean Ambrose used to be John Moxley. And uh, someone sent me a yeah, clip Johnny of him. Moxley. They're like, you got to go see John Moxley on YouTube because because I've talked about wrestling on my podcast. And so I go watch Moxley and I'm like, oh, I fucking love this guy. Because again, yeah. it's a dark guy. Yeah. Who's, there's, there's a promo of him backstage with blood on his face. And he's got a woman valet and she's there like kind of frightened of him and he's giving a promo after a match that he had just lost and he's bleeding the whole time he's talking mm-hmm. and it's very Mick Foley Mick, that's that's the thing is it's Mick Foley he influenced so many young guys and if you can do what he did or if you can have even a modicum of it you're going to be huge and I, I'm disappointed in WWE because they don't let Ambrose really talk they did those, not letting them, they did the black and white yeah. vignettes a little bit with the camera backstage but by teaming him with, with Rollins and Reigns, it's great, but yeah. I would love to see just Ambrose be Ambrose and fucking talk. But I, mean, I loved – they did do a backstage interview where JR was in their back area. They like hang out in the boiler room. They're yeah. not actually a part of the organization. They have to like sneak into the back. And they did like a sit-down interview where – I forget what the question was, but Dean Ambrose, the whole interview was just going, nope. No, he'd answer yeah, yeah. every question, nope. <laughs> like he was trying to accuse them of all these yeah. things and he was just – as the spokesman of the group – was just was just stonewalling nope. this guy. Nope. I, have a, I have a Facebook friend named Amy Baker who writes slash fiction about the Shield. Wow, uh, wow! Uh, I gotta get into that. About the th- send that about over. The three of the, well, just <laughs> yeah, she's got a Tumblr, but it's like she. But about the three of them grouping right. up and uh, yeah. oh sure, you know the best slash fiction has yourself in it. Uh, yeah. And uh, no, no, Amy's not involved. The, oh, she's the three not guys it. from the Shield are involved, and oh, they are okay. very active yeah. with one another. Oh, I. And it's see. so funny. She put I it up see. on Facebook, and she'd be like, "I apologize. I know somebody hates this, but I don't care. I love it." <laughs> and it's just, and I went and read it. I'm just like, wow, you. Wrestling fans are always apologizing for it's, being wrestling fans. I'm always finding myself sending a tweet, and then the next tweet is like, sorry, I'm just really into this bullcrap. <laughs> well, I would just have to tell people all the time. I go, look, I know it's not real, but I like it. All right? it's, it's fucking, it's, just, it's, a, it's a soap opera where people get punched. Yeah. If you right, can see right. a doctor get punched on General Hospital, wouldn't you watch it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. right now, there's a guy uh, who I really like, who I liked in the independent circuit. I would go watch him at pro wrestling gorilla when he was el generico so he's a white dude from canada who claimed to be from mexico and wore like a lucha libre outfit and called himself el generico well one thing that wwf does that i don't like is they always take mask guys and remove their mask and turn them into just a regular normal character so now he's in nxt as Sami Zayn, just a guy named Sami Zayn, but he's still doing el generico moves well, where but he the does... irony is he is now truly El Generico. Yeah, he's yeah, just right. another white dude who's there. It's yeah, like he has right. no fucking hook. But he's gonna be—he's uh, gonna be something. He's just amazing to watch. He does this move where he is it like, the physical that's jumps amazing? through the ropes. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a, a risk taker, high flyer type. Like he'll do—he'll just put his body on the line and do a straight up jump back, jump three sixty flip into the crowd. Like I love those. Guys. And there are so many people we didn't with the Steiner brothers who we didn't talk about who really kind of so made, many, brought high even, flyer into muscle yeah. guys. And and we haven't talked about CM Punk. Bret Hart. We haven't talked about the Hart family. Stu Hart ran the, ran the dungeon up in, in Canada where he trained so many guys. And, uh, you know, Lance Storm, we haven't talked about him. I mean, there's so many we, guys we and places and things to talk about. Touch on. This is this is ridiculous. It's, it's It can be. We didn't talk about Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels, amazing. And Bret Hart Why? was, you know. What, what, so they're amazing athletes or they're amazing uh, salesmen? Both. 
Okay. That's that's the thing is whenever you say a guy's in wrestling is amazing, that's Shawn Michaels. He was that, the showstopper. That's show what you stopper. mean he is was, that they're they're both. They're, yes. they, yeah. they, they can both bring bring. Or what bring they say the in wrestling is the whole the package. Physical. You can okay. talk. You can do anything in the ring. You can do anything outside. We've played. Ring. We've played Ric Flair short shrift. Ric Flair is is Ric is Flair's the greatest the, to me. The greatest. The greatest of all time. What uh, years? When is he still working? He's he was seventies, st- eighties. Uh, he's still working. He's still working now. No one wants to see it, but he's like in it. How old is he now? He's he's probably sixty. He's in TNA. Sometimes he's still doing stuff. TNA but, is like but the seventies and eighties. He was he was the original. Like well, he he comped a lot of stuff from other guys in the past. But, but he, he had made flair. it his own. Yeah. Oh, he was the best. Did he, he have flair? Yeah. Yeah. Of course he had. There's yeah, a yeah. subpar he was full of flair. television product called TNA, and I call it the retirement home of wrestling because they like when everyone's just well past their prime, they'll come and give TNA a shot. Like um, Scott what Steiner's there now. Is big what TNA stands for? What Total does... Non-Stop Action. Thank we covered you. Oh, this. TNA. Oh, Total thought... Not not Tits, not, not yeah, the other I thing. I thought it was the Total thing Non-Stop that... Action. Is non-stop the, Action. Is, and is it is Non-Stop WWE's Action? WWE's quote-unquote competition. And it's not that great. It's old guy that, it's guys it's... you used to know. You watch it for the nostalgic. Like you'll hear that Hulk Hogan's gonna cut a promo. Or the you boomers hear that... are not psyched about, about retiring. No, man. That's their bread and butter. They, so they Ric Flair will come in Rick, and do Rick a thing. Sting is still, we didn't even talk about Sting. Yeah. Oh my God, about, Sting was like the biggest star. He was like the Hawk Hogan of WCW. From the police? No, nope. no, no. Okay, it's thank God. Sting, nope. sting was actually sting. in the Blade Runners with with the Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> yeah. and they split up, and Sting went and was stinging it all over the place somewhere. Sting else. is probably the only guy that will be in the WWF Hall of Fame without ever having wrestling. wrestled in the WWF. In the WWF. He's that. He's that big of a name in wrestling. So if people want to start, if they want to start now. Christ, you could go into a YouTube hole for weeks it and just, learn old and, stuff. And oh, just yeah. Start, just, oh, like start picking, being a fan now? Start being a, start fan being a wrestler now, because we don't know anything about that. Oh, right. <laughs> I imagine there's schools. I'll tell you, Greg, <laughs> you know how Greg Franklin got into wrestling? An incredibly strange wrestling. Uh, he tells the story on Dork Forest episode whatever. Uh, he, uh, he was in the audience, drunk, and El Homo Loco. <laughs> have you ever heard of El Homo? Yeah, Loco? I have. Have, I have you? Not. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he, he, he's a lucha guy. Yeah, he, he does lucha vavum sometimes. And, uh, he, they were, uh, the, the referee was giving away a date with El Homo Loco and it was a raffle. And, uh, they picked the, they picked the thing out of the, out of the basket and the guy, and so he said, Greg said the guy, the ref paused too long and greg goes it's me i won i get to go out to with old homo loco and so he goes in and he's like i'm going on a date with old homo loco and it was for a it was for a wwf um or wwe or whatever um that's what the a date was okay. that was what the date was they were going to go to another <laughs> wrestling match he said he already had tickets for it but afterwards he goes up to the woman who's running the the match and she goes i want to go uh uh after we're supposed to have gone on this date, I want to wrestle him because it was a shitty date. <laughs> and, and the woman goes, "Oh yes, oh yes, that no, absolutely He's a pitching storyline." <laughs> yeah, and they're they're like, "Yes, yes. Why wouldn't you? Why would we, we had no idea how we were going to end this. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> perfect. It was so, and that's how he got into wrestling. That's, that's amazing. That's so perfect. that's how you get into wrestling. Yeah. But if you wanted to get into wrestling, as in, get I want to start it. watching it. And wh- wh- where do you start YouTube wise? What do you, what do oh, you say man. to yourself? You just, it's just, you can go down a wormhole for you, days. I suppose you, you could say, I want to watch the EC whatever. ECW. You know what I would say? ECW. To do? You know or what I would could, say to or, do? Yeah. Go through my favorite event of the year. It's, it, it's my personal WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the actual big event of the year. I would say go back and watch old Royal Rumbles. 
I love that's how I got kind of back into it was watching like the late nineties. What? How many Royal Rumbles? Have Every had? year there's a Royal Rumble, yeah, and a it's billion. a it's a thirty man match. Since Christ died, there's yeah. been a Royal Rumble every single year. Basically, it's basically, a thirty guy match. It's a wrestling parade. Yeah. So every it is. It they is. come in one it at is. a time. It is. It's two okay. guys, literally true. Two guys start the match, and every I don't know what it is. Five minutes, two minutes, three minutes. Another guy enters. It's an the arbitrary match. clock. Yeah. Okay, and, and so a countdown. And then they, and then they'll happens. do a countdown. Well, there'll be three, two, one. You don't know, you don't know, who know who's is. next. And the next guy comes out, and he's like, "No!" And, it's music, and the best part now, is his music hits. That's my favorite part yep. of the entire thing. <laughs> you find out who it is by knowing all the music. Yeah. I the want catalog to watch of the music. Rumble. So yeah. the best place to start to really get into it is, I think, watching old WWF Royal Rumbles so on YouTube. It, it, it's an excellent place to start. So Royal to Rumble ninety two, ninety three, ninety one. That early nineties Royal Rumbles were fantastic. Okay, well, uh, Andy Peters recommends uh, that. Check out old. I should also, of course, uh, wait a minute, Mike, let me just say uh, Andy Peters, Wandertown. SoundCloud.com, SoundCloud.com slash Wandertown. And probably on iTunes. W-A-A-N-D-E-R. People say I mispronounced the word on my own. If you wander around and find a town, Andy Peters will be there interviewing somebody. Boom. And so, and Mike, and Andy, and at Andy underscore Peters on Twitter. Yep. So that that's that for, and, and stand-up comedy, both these guys. Very, both, very funny, very entertaining. Uh, Mike Schmidt, how, how would you say people should get into uh it, if they uh, want to do it, you know, if you want, if you want to know about the the backside of wrestling, not just not just what's going on in the ring and things like that, read Mick Foley's first two books. Okay. Read Chris oh, Jericho's I'm book. People read. Yeah. No, no, but people. Love but books. but you will Dork get sucked Forest right Rangers in. Mick Foley's a the... really good writer. What are his first two books called? Uh, what's one of them. Christ, I I don't know the names, but you would know because he's written yeah, yeah. multiple novels. He had a novel as well. Don't don't his avoid the novel. Is it Mick Foley? Yes, it's it is. Mick Foley. No, no, it's Mick Foley. As in Irish Mick. Yep. Foley, yes. as in Andy. Foley editor. Foley editor. Exactly. Got it. All right. Uh, his first two books. I mean, he's a great one writer. I mean, I would Foley. read all of his stuff. Yeah. But the first two books really, <laughs> they deal with. It was uh, a Foley moment. That was nice. some Foley. Uh, they, they deal with his travels, how he came up, Japan. You know, he, yeah. we didn't even talk about Terry Funk. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, you There's know, just he's, too much. The There's too much. Yeah. The injustice of it it's, all. I mean, it's the great again, thing. Again, Ric Flair got short shrift, which he should not have gotten. You talk about a Royal Rumble. One of the greatest moments is Ric Flair when he first entered WWF because he was a lifetime WCW guy. We talk about the horseman. Uh, we glanced over the horse. Four horsemen. Unbelievable. Um, watch old horseman matches. Watch well, that, uh, Rick yeah, Flair. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Watch old. Uh, well, read, what's what's the Flair moment Andy, that you love? Come uh, on in. Uh, Rick Flair is on the microphone amazing. Yep. He, he, he fought 60-minute Iron Man matches. In the WWF, he showed up, and he fought on the Royal Rumble. He was the first guy in the ring, and he lasted the entire time. He fought over an hour in yeah. the ring. Oh, in, my in, God. Yeah, so that, he was known for that. that. I think he Rey had, Mysterio did it later. But. He had hour-long matches with, with you know, Kerry Von Erich. He would carry – he was known for being able to carry dead weight in the ring, and he could go – he'd make a great match with the fucking broom, is what they would say. <laughs> yeah. Ric Flair's – and he okay. had – he was the first guy who ever said, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Yeah. Okay. And in this sport, I My favorite Ric Flair move is when he was really injured, he would do this walk where he was so dazed that he would think he, he would, could keep fighting and then just – And just fall face fall first face on the mat. First. It was the greatest. <laughs> yeah, he was – He would stiffboard it to the Man. Incredible, but read so read Chris Jericho's book, okay. the first book. Read Mick Foley's first two books. Right. Uh, read the Dynamite Kids book. Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't uh, talk about the Bulldogs. British Bulldogs were an amazing tag team who <sighs> then got into WWF and they had to bring a Bulldog to the ring. And Dynamite Kid fucking hated it because he was a true blue catch wrestling guy from England who was a fucking nutbag and really tough. Yeah. But he has a book because he's a broken man now. Like he, he you know, he's in a wheelchair and has to go through a cane. Uh, Dynamite, I think, is Davy Boy's dead. They're all yeah. dead. I mean, all the wrestlers are dead. Right. But, uh, but, but they lived when they lived, man. Oh, they sure lived they every moment as if it were their last. <laughs> Absolutely. And, that's, and if you read these books, you'll know that. You'll yeah. read everything that they did. And also, I would go onto YouTube and search ECW 
and I would search Mick Foley promos, right? Uh, John Moxley promos, Ric Flair promos, and uh, and look up, you know, just look up the Road Warriors because you'll see when they they started to bring muscles and steroids. That's when that really started to take over. Okay. Uh, so I would I would go to YouTube and because the Road Warriors their promos are fucking terrible. Yeah. And there, there's a ton of horrible stuff yeah. that you'll find wrestling wise. But in the ring when they would come down to Iron Man by Black Sabbath and the fucking it would just be louder than anything. People cheering. It was it was incredible to be the energy in the fucking room. But but Mick Foley, Ric Flair, Steve Austin, and The Rock, any of that stuff from the Attitude Area, I, I would I would go and look that up. All it, right. Yeah, really. And if you're not into like the fakeness of the matches themselves, like you said, watching old promos on YouTube is really fun. I'll just dip into like Four Horsemen promos, go watch like some of the ones that I know are my favorites of like – Who's your favorite of the Four Horsemen? Famine? Who do you <laughs> What's a what's – like, uh, Well, it's uh, got to be Flair. Is Flair one of the Four Horsemen? He was yeah, the, he was the, the leader yeah. of the Four It was him Horsemen. and Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson, and then Tully Blanchard. Yeah. Okay, and they, and they had a manager. The they were the four horsemen. JJ Dillon. JJ Dillon. JJ, and they were the four horsemen. JJ. <laughs> they they would just stand there and get photos taken like this to the point where my friends and I would actually yeah. do this because me and we were the three horsemen. We'd go on fucking trips and just the three of us would hold up. Just the put four fingers up, and yep. that's how they yeah. would pose. That's it. They were the four horsemen. And, and the whole Harry thing is that they like Sid Vicious was in. Brian Pillman was a horseman for a while. Okay. Yeah. The other thing was, but the, the true like original horsemen were were. Uh, Ole Flair. and Arn and Flair and uh, and the brothers and Blanchard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Andersons too. We didn't talk about them. Gentlemen. Man. I have to fall over. Tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Tip of the iceberg. Tip of the, you know what's underneath uh, the water? A lot more iceberg, Man. it turns out. That's why, that's why they you say that. You opened up a, 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 a can of worms. <laughs> it's a can. The thing is, is, this was fascinating. But here's what we should do. I should either put you in a figure four leg lock <laughs> yep. or a cross-faced chicken wing. Yeah. We didn't even talk about so, Bob Backlund. I could what do you talk about Bob Backlund? What about, the, talk about the Warlord? Nelson. There's the half Nelson. Wasn't oh, the full Nelson? That's amateur night. I'm glad you brought that up. Cross-faced chicken wing. Yeah, cross-faced chicken wing. That was my move when I was a bouncer. Wasn't it against the rules? the Boston Crab? What was against the rules? Wasn't the full Nelson against the rules? No, that's totally within the rules. Well, throughout they did like uh, I've I've been right now uh, in my wrestling watching. I've been going back and watching a lot of documentaries about those territories and learning about the stuff that the one came before me. Yeah, uh, and there was like back in the day you couldn't jump off the top rope. I learned in a nope. documentary nope. that was there was not a okay. lot of there was a lot of band holds. Like you couldn't do the one that. Um, uh, you couldn't do a pile driver. Do we need yep. to talk about Jerry the King Lawler? Bruno San Martino. <laughs> we need to talk about Bruno <laughs> San Martino. Jerry the King Lawler would do uh, the pile driver, which is a band move, and he did it to Andy Coffin, broke his neck. They went on Letterman, had a whole thing. That's That started that feud. Uh, yeah, YouTube that really stuff, too. That was way. a band. Oh, that definitely YouTube. Watch Andy Coffin. Jerry I'm the from King Hollywood. Lawler. Yeah. Yeah, yes. watch Andy Coffin. I'm from Hollywood. That was what really... Uh, got me back into I was started watching all those documentaries I'm from Hollywood and all that stuff got me kind of back into it Okay. And there are websites like the, you know, the Wrestling Observer, which you yeah. can go and it'll, it'll it, oh, right. it's not really for history, but it'll catch you up on what's yeah. going on. And it also covers all of the independents and everything else. You've got to subscribe for a lot of it. Yep. But, uh, but there are still interviews and things like that. Yeah. And you can find shoot interviews with old wrestlers. There's, there's, it's, th- and, the internet has really opened and it WWF up. WWF puts out great, uh, that's like if you want to spend money. Yeah. If yeah. You, if you want to give them your money, uh, you, they have great DVDs of lists, like great, they, I think they just released their, uh, greatest 100 wrestlers of all time. They DVD. got any of that 30 on 30? You doing any of that? Is any Oh, there's happened? a little bit. Of, I think they did a thing on 30 and 30 about the time that Muhammad Ali uh, spent in Mid-South. He did like an actual like well, there wrestling was also, shoot thing. There was, also, there was an Ultimate Warrior. Like the WWF did a basically an a, a Ultimate Warrior DVD about what okay. a fucking nutbag he was and yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, so wow. All right. It was called his own him. worst enemy or something yeah. like that. <laughs> All right. Much like uh, the Janine Garofalo episode, I'm going to have to turn off the recording device. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> okay. uh, it has been uh, a genuine treat. A genuine treat. I'm looking forward to coming back for two and three. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> so be here. We're just, I'm being your, I'll be here till then. Rangers of the Dork Forest, take care of each other out there. Take care. Bye.
Well, that show was awesome. Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, he fixes the audio every week. He also does the teaser videos on YouTube. So Patrick Brady is an awesome guy, and I thank him for his work. Mike Rickberg sang the song you heard at the beginning, composed and sang it with his girlfriend, Sarah. He's going to sing in about a heartbeat for uh, the Mexican hat dance. And Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com. So support him and his work. Thanks a lot, you guys. Take care out there. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?